I, I don't know, man. Like, the only thing I I really don't like about it is, like, you know, clicking the link and and coming to where our show's at. And we can't even, like, it's not where I listen to any of my podcasts at. So, I don't know. I'm kind of over it by now. You mean going on Facebook and finding our uh, page every week? Yeah, yeah. It just pops up the little window or whatever, and you got to listen to it from there. Well, the actually, all messed up. Actually, thanks to our host, Anchor FM, uh, we're available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Breaker, Castbox, Pocket Cast, Good Pods, Radio Public. We'll soon be on iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and of course, you can find us on Spotify. You both didn't already know that. Jeez, you're idiots. Yeah, we are. <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome to High Spots and Kickouts. I'm Rich, sitting here with Brent. How's it going? And Clint. Hey yo. And uh, breaking headline news, although it's not, and really it needs to be like page three news, because I'm (laughs) sick of WWE in there. Like they're making more stories with the releases than they are their television matches. I told you it's all storyline, I've said this shit forever. (laughs) Actually, it's not even storylines anymore because they just killed a bunch of people that were involved in storylines. <laughs> yeah, but I, I think Vince McMahon lives his life as a storyline, so probably yeah. a storyline to him <laughs> and his family. Really, there's not a whole lot of notable releases, though. This Storyline is really something that they come back stronger, pal. I mean, Dakota Kai and it's good shit. Dexter, Dexter Loomis, Loomis I are guess. the top two. I mean, he should have never been... I've been saying that shit when he's on NXT. He should have never been you know, the, you know, Andy, the top of I mean, that shit. Andy, Andy Hartwell lost her tag team partner and her kayfabe husband in the same day. <laughs> so, Do you think he still comes back? Like They said, his, what's his name? Something Shaw? Samuel Shaw. Samuel Shaw. Do uh, you think he comes still looking like Dexter from the fucking TV show? Mm, no. I don't, I, I don't think we ever see him wrestle ever again. <laughs> you could go back to Impact. That's where he was before he came to NXT. I mean, he so. kind of looked like Stone Cold anyway. With hair. <laughs> yeah, a little bit, yeah. Definitely I mean, another version of him, like a weird... He's, he's weird. got to come back somewhere because he's he's getting the tattoo work done, and originally it was just all black arm, and now you can see the stuff that they're starting to put into it, so I want to see what it looks like finished. If, w, <laughs> if WWE, if, if Eric Bischoff was right and Steve Austin wasn't talentless and sellable, then he would be Dexter Loomis. <laughs> Yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Dexter Loomis is Frosty McFain. So you don't see Dexter Loomis going nowhere? To the unemployment line. Yeah. He's already there. Right. Still stay there. Or maybe he'll start selling insurance. Maybe he'll get into construction like some other former wrestlers. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he opens a strip mall. Or gets a job at his local grocery store. <laughs> right? I'll hire Dexter. Throw it up. <laughs> grocery store. <laughs> Pepsi's hiring. So is UPS. <laughs> Uh, uh, Roddy, Roddy, Roddy Strong lost his mouthpiece, so now Roddy's got to learn how to talk. Who's his mouthpiece? Roddy Strong's mouthpiece. Malcolm Bivens. Malcolm Bivens. But he didn't get released like that. He was already leaving. It wasn't like he got yeah, released. So he was already contract on his way was up. Out. And, and he so was like, was, I already signed because this shit's a joke. And Dakota Kai was the same. What way. the fuck is a diamond mind anyway? <laughs> uh, it's a group that 
DDP was the manager of that had Scott Hall. Well, it made sense when it was a diamond state of mind, but that's not how they were running it. You know what I mean? I mean, really, the only actual story out of the whole thing is Dakota Kai might end up somewhere. AEW, I think, would be where she'll end up. Honestly, I do. Everybody keeps saying that, man, but they... I do. I think she, out of all the people that got released, I think she'll be the first one out of any of them that would end up there, if, if any of them. Well, I watch NXT every week, and there's like six names on that list that I don't even know who the fuck they are. Uh, <laughs> I, I think she... I think, honestly, this last... This round of cuts is the last bit of the Triple H fat they're trimming. Those are all still Triple H people that they just trimmed out of there. Really? They were guys that weren't doing shit until Triple H was gone. They were, like, they were, the, all, they were all the over-the-top gimmicks, really. That like Vince is trying to push now, or WWE is trying to push now, and they weren't getting over then. And then when they cut all the like legit people, like not cut, but got rid of Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, all them guys left, they're like, okay, well now we can take the cartoonish motherfuckers who weren't getting over, and they'll totally get over. But they didn't <laughs> because that shit don't get over no more. The comic book shit just don't work for nobody, and especially on a show that's already <laughs> not very good as it is. Literally, Cameron Grimes, I think's the only one still left. I kind of forgot. I was going to, man, I didn't even mention fucking Harland. Oh, the next, Parker. The next Brock Lesnar. Fucking nail, Nails 2.0. I told you guys he wasn't going to last very long. As soon as he came out the Nails outfit, I told you they buried him. He's like, no, they don't do that shit. Yeah. <laughs> I told you that dude's career was over before it started. Yeah, you but, didn't believe I mean, me. I mean, you could tell he really didn't like it, though. Like, I don't know if he didn't like it, but I told you guys that fucker's career was over before it <laughs> well, started. Yeah. When you read about him, he wasn't progressing the way the coaches wanted him to. Well, they put him I mean, in a shitty fucking that, spot. Yeah, you could when he was trying to bear hug people and shit. Yeah. He, did, he did a worse job than the mummy. The Yeti. Yeti. <laughs> I'd rather watch Mantar in the ring. Dude. Uh, Mantar. <laughs> half man, half tar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> you guys are already on a roll today, aren't you? Mastodon. <laughs> <laughs> now how the hell am I supposed to know what happens when some silly storylines I've invested in every week? <laughs> it's my dude. NXT 2.0 is my guilty pleasure, goddammit. I'm surprised they haven't tried to redo a Mantar type of character here recently. Yeah. All whack at, whack, whacked out shit they got going on. They right had, uh, what's his name? El Torito for a little while. Yeah, he's a small guy. They can do that, though. <laughs> it's like when the other small guy they had, they turned into a fucking uh, uh, a leprechaun? A leprechaun immediately, yeah. <laughs> he's nice, then he was evil, then he was DX. Then he was Vince's son. And then he was a rock and roller. <laughs> and then they fired him. He was mini dust, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have no idea what's going on. Swoggle. When he was mini dust, fucking uh, <laughs> three minute warning, fucking laid him out in the in the middle of the ring, and they both did the double turnbuckle, fucking body press smash on him, and like then he disappeared forever until until my brother was like, I'm pretty sure they killed that guy in the ring that night, <laughs> and they just and they just and they just covered it up because they were big dudes to be coming off the top rope anyway. You're and they were uh, Rosie and yeah, they were they were they were in like a feud with Booker T and Goldust, and Goldust had mini dust with him everywhere, and it was cute getting over with the kids, you know, haha, it's cute. And like he was nice. like uh, mini dust was like humping people's legs and shit, and it was like it was hornswoggle though, so it was. Hey, so listen, listen, this motherfucker left the format of the show on his desk. It was like ah, I think we're gonna wing it, and then uh, he just texted Andy and Andy. No, so, I didn't even text Andy. Andy just took a picture of it and sent it to me. Oh, nice. Well, he, yeah, I heard you saying something about it. But... Kids on the ball. Trying to get brownie points. There you go. Well, he got a few. Aces. Aces. <laughs> Thanks for saving the show, Andy. There you go. And then Dalton gets a brownie point, too, because he <laughs> cut open the bag of candy. <laughs> he did, too. <laughs> so, made a pretty good promo from what I could tell. 
as well. <laughs> <laughs> it's getting Facebook famous. That's what you should have him do next is cut a good promo. Come on down. Save with your digital coupon. Yeah. I'm still waiting for you to <laughs> let me swan time somebody and get hit with a watermelon. I'm telling Burn you, in the back like, that's good shit, pal. I said something about maybe we should do a swanton. I've been talking about it all day again. You're filming commercials. It'd be nuts to have you out there like, we're just fucking swanton and deals all day. And Brent just does a (laughs) fucking straight flip in the background into like a paper towel dispenser fucking. And he talks about it all the time. Set him up, bro. You're doing fucking. He's going to come down on it one day. You need to film a commercial after the store closes one night. It needs to be him doing a flip off a fucking ladder in the background. And then Luke, Luke talked about having people cheering fresh produce. It's like, no, man, we got something better. It's fresh cut rocks. <laughs> and then you have Lucas out there trying to be the one who sells the fucking... Uh... Hitting people with swinging baskets and shit. Yeah. <laughs> you, you guys could totally make your own like WWF-style uh, 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 Super Bowl commercial. That, yeah, that, the, that, thought, that thought has crossed my mind, too. I'm not doing it. Unless I get to swanton somebody. That's what I'm saying. That'll that's be you the in the background. Event, just you flipping off the back. <laughs> that's uh, how the video ends. Paper towel bin that's lit on fire. The name of the the, okay. the name of the video is going to be Watch Till the End. <laughs> the, I, there's as much chaos as I think there's going to be going on. They will watch the whole thing. It's only 31 seconds, but it's good. It was totally worth it. I think you broke a hip. <laughs> I uh, do you, it in like to- a pile of toilet paper or something. To- pile of toilet paper lit on fire, yeah. Ooh. Yeah, Inferno match. We should have Dalton try the milk crate challenge. No. While, drink, <laughs> while drinking. It'll go, it'll go viral. While drinking a flaming Mountain Dew. <laughs> he can't be on the clock. Or he can't be on the clock. That's what I said, after hours. Do this shit. All, uh, well, you have sure, to bring it to Clint's backyard. Out in front of you, you have to have County Market sign in the background. Let them know you're doing it there. No, no, no. The post being on County Market. No. Then you put five dollars, five dollars, five dollars to anybody else who wants to come out here and try. See how many people show up and give you guys five dollars to try it. <laughs> Make some money on the side. Fuck it. Free lemonade. <laughs> this ain't a wrestling show or nothing. <laughs> free lemonade. Sell so tickets. I gotta get us back on track. Free, free lemonades to the come kids. Come on, dog. Andy gave you the list. <laughs> Not that time yet. We normally start with Clint's room and roll up. Ow. The rumor roll up. Well, you got to bring it to there. Well, he was talking about the NXT, and we got to talking about old Parker and his woes and him getting buried, and you know, yeah. I think Gable Stevens is going to be right behind him. Be quite perfectly honest. After that fucking wonderful WrestleMania showing, what's his name? Gable Stevenson. 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 He ain't no Ken Shamrock, boys. I'm pretty positive they were saying Stevenson when they were first announcing this shit. No, they went back and changed it all. Is this a Mandela effect thing? Yep. So the feud between Becky and Oscar is supposed to be short term, nothing long. It looks to me like Oscar stole the stole the boop. Oh shit! We already jumped into the room and roll up. I thought that's what we were doing. Oh, okay. <laughs> he over He's over here talking shit about me, and I was like, oh well, I guess well, I guess that's what we're doing. But I said he'd start. That's why I mean I was gonna start with the NXT list, but he kind of. Well, he kind of started with it, so that's above my pay grade. It wasn't really a gripe, though. I mean, there's supposed to talk that they're trying to cut. We heard from our other colleague. If you don't, if you don't, pr- if you don't produce over six months, they cut you. Well, we heard from our other colleague that there's a possible rumor going around where I don't know he where he got his facts from because he didn't he didn't give us no. Fact it was Uncle it. Dave, but they're supposedly WWE's going to cut six million dollars, right, in salary, and that was and that what the message said. So if that's the case, then there's like probably ten grand right there that was cut. Nah, it's <laughs> so, probably like fifty. 
That might have been a hundred grand between all them guys right there they cut, I bet you. So what no, no, they, they all get, make six figures. You think getting signed at NXT level? Yeah, nowadays, I bet. Not at NXT like, level. I bet they get fucking minimum maybe it, wage. Like if you're on TV on NXT, I bet. I bet they get a little over minimum wage. Whatever that is a year. Yeah. I bet they get like sixty grand a year. I think the lowest people get like sixty grand a year. I bet they get sixty grand a year at NXT. Can you look is that something we can look up and find out? Do you know? I've seen I've seen it before, but I bet it's like sixty grand unless you're a fucking huge name coming off the Indies and like Triple H is like, well, I'm gonna sound him to a hundred grand a year. Yeah. Adam Cole wasn't making sixty grand. He was probably making a hundred. He has a name. But people like Dakota Kai, who didn't have a name coming in, WWE's hired you from because your extensive sports background in Australia. Now she's in Impact, right? She's been on NXT for how long? She signed in 2017, but before that, she was a champion of shit and shimmer and all that in Japan. Right. Oh. Places that nobody's heard of, really. I don't think she should go to AEW, to be honest with you. She I don't might think go back she... to Japan. Like, she's from Australia, right? Yeah. Or. New Zealand. So you never know. She I might have want to go back over there. Six and women for a while. better than her right now on the roster. And I think that that they're not using NXT has a thirty day. Not yeah, a thirty 90, day non compete. So yeah, there's yeah, people popping days. up a lot sooner than. Like, but I think there's a couple of them that don't gotta wait the thirty days though, because it was just the their contract coming up. If you were signed to an NXT contract, you have thirty days. Hmm. hmm. Uh, Mustafa Ali is going to be tentatively scheduled from, from here on out. I don't know what the fuck that means, really, but he returned on Monday night. I know that, week. but from here on out, he's going to be tentatively scheduled, supposedly. Does that mean every day we're going to see him? Every time there's a raw, we're going to see this fucker. It means is he part of L.A. Knight's stable now. No, That's he's not Mustafa Ali. Well, that would be edges. It means they're not going to oh. pay him just to sit at home, so he's got to randomly show up. To if get he a joins, paycheck. if he joins Edge's group. So you know, then, we'll know, now. then we'll know <laughs> if he joins Edge's group then we'll know for sure that it's what Retribution was supposed to be you mean Judgment Day yeah is that the name of it now yeah instead of just going with the brood like they should they're gonna make him just like the brood but call him Judgment Day but he got a promo trying to like explain what what Judgment what Day what ju- I, yeah. I don't pay attention to Edge anymore so, but is it like I'm Edge and I'm so good that you got to come before me to be judged? Kind of, but they don't have to explain nothing. Yeah, and they Damian don't owe Priest. us an explanation. And then Damian Priest is the executioner, but they don't owe us an explanation. Oh, he should have a scissor kick if he's going to do the executioner gimmick. <laughs> um, so uh, Vince McMahon feels that uh, some of the talent is being miscast right now. So there's going to be a lot of turns in the next couple weeks going on uh, from heel to face, face to heel for people. Because he don't like the way that fucking people are... You can't be able to tell that shit unless you keep some constants. Fuck. Well, that's the thing with part of it is like... And it's the same way with finishes. Like when you know they went to the commercial on the one Damian Priest, AJ Styles match, you come back, there's completely different. No one cares because no one pays that close attention. But people really do. And it's hard to get invested in somebody and hate them. If you're going to turn around and make me like them the next week or really like somebody and you got all this fucking, you know merchandise you're pushing headbands and sunglasses and all kinds of crazy shit then next week you know what we're gonna take all that away because now you're a heel and everybody has to hate you i don't think their merch thing's as big as it used to be i've seen their no but you know what piece. i mean it it, it just it sucks for because i know they make money off that still the wrestlers do however much they sell or whatever so it's got to really hurt them personally a little bit for bonus money i bet there's like four top solid shirts so that's it uh, roman reigns and two of absorbent reigns brock lesnar becky lynch Probably Drew McIntyre because the kids. <laughs> New day. Ronda Rousey's. And little plastic Rey Mysterio masks. Yeah. For $25. Yeah, you got one of them, didn't you, bud? How's that working out? I don't even know where it's at. 
That's great. <laughs> Dog gave ate it. it. I gave it to Deke. He, he probably knows right where it's at if you ask him. Okay, so WWE is... <laughs> we knew this was going to happen. WWE is planning to drop Tommaso Ciampa's first name. I thought he's already been on there as just Ciampa. Yeah, that's what they called him this week. So it's from here uh, going forward, it's going to be just Ciampa. Also, uh, Robert Stone. He's Pac-Man he's now. A, he's <laughs> going to be a Ciampa-looking motherfucker. Yeah, he's Pac-Man. He's going to come out wearing yellow and black. <sighs> he, he also attacked uh, Mustafa Ali. And then also, Robert Stone is now just Mr. Stone. There's speculation that Ronda Rousey is going to be winning the title at WrestleMania Backlash. Who cares? The whole fucking they don't, angle is blah. They don't, because it's an I quit match. And they've, you know, WWE might not want her to have to. She's a UFC legend. If she says I quit, it might ruin her whole entire vibe. <laughs> Plus, I think they want Charlotte to break her dad's record. I think at this point, she should just be hoping for Entourage too. I don't know if that's going to happen or not. <laughs> but I do think there's been a lot of talk as to who should break Ric Flair's record, and I think WWE wants his daughter to do it. Rick was 16, but she's 17, which technically Rick was 20, 21 time champion. We're really getting technical. If we're, but, if we're counting Puerto Rico. Right. But, <laughs> you know, uh, as far as our wrestling world goes, it's 16. And, and one only, of them was only because he couldn't get the belt out of the arena because he got chased out the motherfucker. Right, and I believe John Cena's at 15. Randy Orton, I think, is at 13 or 14. It's 14. And uh, I think Charlotte's at 14. No. Uh, Cena's. Flair and Cena are tied. Yeah, Cena's tied with Flair. I thought he only had 15. No, he's got 16. Yeah, they're both 16 times. Whoever wins the match next is... Or, John Cena wins another match or championship. He's beating I, Flair. I don't think that'll happen. They should have Orton do it. It's, he's been saying that for 20 forever. years, right? And then when we just come up on 20 years of Orton here this last week. So isn't that what the segment was? He's, he can't, he did an interview where he said that uh, John Cena, his legacy is that he's going, you know, uh, he was their champion the longest or whatever, had as many reigns or whatever, but his is that he's going to be around way longer. After Roman goes to Hollywood, he's still going to. Is Roman around. going to Hollywood? That's what Randy Orton said. He'll be fast and furious too. I mean, wasn't he already in? Fucking one of those, ain't he? No, he was on Hobson Shaw. Ain't that Fast and Furious? I mean, it's a, it's a spin-off, <laughs> I guess. Not, though, because Vin Diesel doesn't do his own stunts. It's not canon. Uh, uh, so, this is something is that... that just, is that just because The Rock and fucking other old boy don't like each other? He wouldn't do the fight scene with The Rock. He was too much of a poon. <laughs> no, no, my stand, my stand in's got to come here. The Rock's like, what do you mean, stand-in? We're doing this. And he's like, no, Is I'm that not. why they don't like each other? Yeah, The Rock's like, you're not a man. You don't do your own fight scenes. What do you mean? Vin Diesel was running his mouth to him and then not doing his own fight scenes. And he's like, what the fuck? He, like, Rock was pretty well doing his own stunts on the movie. And, like, everybody else was running their mouth about how extreme they were. And they were all fucking having everybody else do their stunts. That's why at the end of the movie, whenever the Rock come off the cuff with the your ball, your forehead shiny, they kept <laughs> it in the movie. And Tyrese is legit mad at the Rock in real life about that shit. Because it wasn't <laughs> supposed to be said. And he said it. And everybody thought it was funny because that's the vibe he had on set. Because everybody was being pussies. Rock was like, you guys are all Sally's not doing your own. What kind of Hollywood shit is this? <laughs> it should be like Tom Cruise does it. You can too. The, the Rock's like a giant hulking man, though, compared to... I mean, Vin Diesel's a big dude, but he's Hollywood, you know? If you if you, if you look for Vin Diesel hard enough, you can see him doing like uh, uh, like dance videos back in the day and shit. Like, he ain't doing <laughs> his own fight scenes. What, what the fuck? But anyway, there's the next one, something I've been saying for a long time, and that's what Vince McMahon sees a young John Cena in Austin in Theory. In Austin Theory. Huh? 
And not, he's going to do Austin everything theory. he can. Not just, Austin theory, right. just, just theory. theory. Just theory. And he's going to do everything he can to help give him the push he needs to become the greatest of all time. I think he needs a tag team with Riddle, and they can be Theory and Riddle. No. Uh, <laughs> uh, doesn't Riddle have to come before your theory? Oh, uh, well. Riddle and theory. Oh, dude, I really don't like that shit. Don't don't even because someone out there's gonna <laughs> pal, I love it. I guarantee it's already Riddle and Theory. Guarantee Vince McMahon's already at one at four o'clock in the morning pumping thousand pound dumbbells thinking <laughs> that shit already. Oh, there's Just a theory to the riddle. Possibilities, pal. Clang, clang. <laughs> there's a theory that's a riddle to the theory to the riddle. I know. Uh, I know I can make money off of it. <laughs> I'm about to send Pat McAfee this video. Ha ha ha. How the fuck do I even respond to that? <laughs> so uh, Daniel Garcia and uh, Eddie Kingston, their match had to be super, super edited because they fucking went the the because Eddie the TV, Kingston's a fat fuck that well, should be in the ring. TV went too long, and so they had to. I guess <laughs> I guess their, that match was supposed to be longer than what it was. Thank God it wasn't. That's just because Eddie Kingston's slower than everybody. That's else. because now they're trying to shove ten things into an hour long fucking program. With 12 commercial breaks. It was sad looking. But don't worry, you won't miss a minute of the action with picture in picture. <laughs> uh, Rampage for May is going to get bounced around a bunch because NBA and playoffs yeah, it's at and six, playoffs, it's already so. They already said it's at 6 o'clock next Friday, or this coming Friday. Get used to... Uh, that's bullshit. Get used to uh, having to fucking watch that shit at like 5 or 6 in the afternoon and then fucking midnight or 1 a.m. or Does whatever. Does that mean they're going to have uh, Rampage first when we go? Uh, that would June. be about the same time as the NBA playoffs no, that's, or championship. That's, that's June. We don't have to worry about the championships usually on like NBC, so you shouldn't have to worry about it by then. That should be regular times for everything. We might get there. They might have like the that's YouTube a recorded bull- rampage anyway. They might have the YouTube bullshit on there, and they would they would still record rampage after Dynamite because it'll be live Dynamite and then they'll record rampage. So, and then we're going to go somewhere. You guys are going to have fun with Scott. Hookers. <laughs> what the, what's going on? Hookers and oh. beer. Oh, all right. I, is, that we, is that what we're doing? <laughs> <laughs> after the show? No. June, uh, whatever. Yeah, June, after the June show, June. yeah. 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 We're going to see how many wrestlers we can get to come back and party at the Airbnb. No, we're not. Not Four, unless you guys are giving me your credit card. Fourteen rooms. We're one hundred percent. We have find access. The door they come out of. We have access to fourteen rooms, correct? <laughs> there's no reason to not have a party. <laughs> yeah, because right in the rules it says there's no parties. Well, how are you gonna have fourteen rooms and no people drinking alcohol in a group together? It makes no sense. Does that mean we can't sit at the table together once we get there? That's right. No parties. Not unless you want to give me your guys' credit card so when you fuck shit up and we break the rules, they're who charging says, you. Who said something's going to get broke? That <laughs> we, means We ain't got to tell them. That means they are watching us on camera. B&B is where they shoot porn at. You're going to do some weird shit in your room once you get there later? <laughs> Throw my butthole up on hey, the bedpost. Doing fucking handstands, butthole. Naked. <laughs> <laughs> they'll come home and they'll be footprints up by the ceiling and you're like, what the fuck? Turn, turn the camera on, honey. We've got to find out what the fuck was going on here. <laughs> Is the rules for a hotel the same as Airbnb? You got to like do a flip onto the bed as soon as you get in the in the room. No, oh. if you break the bed, I'm gonna break you. <laughs> <laughs> Swanton bomb. <laughs> yeah, wait till he gets some liquor in him, then we'll see what he says after the show. Send me elbow drops. He's like dropping. Brent doesn't come off the balcony at me. <laughs> it's coming. 
So on the recent episode of Girl I think he'd be more less Swanton Bomb and more Old Man Sting falling off it though. What after liquor? <laughs> I think he would fall face first and not flip it on. Be like, yeah, see that awesome flip I did? <laughs> Fuck yeah, fall, we did, bud. Just fall over the rail. <laughs> and it, and that's no, fall what forward. I'm gonna do is I'm gonna catches like, his arm and flips him all the way back around. <laughs> Cough right. and drop. Be like, nope. You guys see that shooting star press? No, I saw a drunk person pretty much just do the Orange Cassidy flop. Oh, damn. Um, so Jim Ross is uh, reported that, um, on his latest podcast of Grill and JR that he's going to be uh, working with The Rock's Seven Bucks Productions. Yeah, on uh, Territory Days. Yeah, and he will no longer be a part of Dark Side of the I Ring. I think that's why Vice didn't pick up Dark Side of the Ring because they're picking up this. Uh, he said he has been repre- he said he's been mis- misrepresented by them a time or two, and he don't intend to go back and have them do it again. That's because they're mad the f- at him for talking shit about Ric Flair, the plan ride from hell. <laughs> Well, I mean, Jr. took responsibility for that shit at the end of it, so you can't really be that mad. He was the one that was responsible. Kind of. My fucker said right on there, it's the last time he ever wants to talk about it, and that's all he's been talking about since. I mean, he wasn't fully responsible. He couldn't say that fucking, he can't tell grown men you can't drink alcohol. What the fuck? He was the asshole that was in charge on the plane. Well, there was nobody in charge on the fucking plane, my man. Nobody. Couldn't do nothing about Ric Flair. He's a he's a made man. Put his penis on any, anybody he wants. It's, well, it's, it's Ric Flair, bro. And I tried to, <laughs> and I tried to tell you that a long time ago. Well, he ain't out nowhere. He's in a fucking storage shed with fucking Ric Flair. Yeah, just partying down in Tampa last week. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. He ain't on it promoted on the show. Women all women all around him everywhere though. In a fucking storage shed with fucking Jay Lethal reliving their TNA glory days. With women all around him though. <laughs> I don't think he's hated one bit. I think he's still appreciated by everyone everywhere. It's Ric Flair. Diamonds are forever. So is Ric Flair. Except for national TV. Fuck, who needs national TV anymore? Ric Flair. Social media is bigger than national TV <laughs> nowadays. Social media is all over the world, and Ric Flair drip drop. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> How many people you know got a song named after him? It's kind of sad, though, after his divorce and shit. It's like, old guys, go home. What do you mean? Fucking, he can still wrestle at 66 or whatever. He's good. No, we can't. What do you mean? We just watched him. Him and Jay Lethal. Back body drops. He was wounding and chopping. Need to, you need to add about eight years to that total. <laughs> oh, what is he at? 74? 74. 74. Whatever. And he about died a year ago. That Taking ago. them bumps probably keeps him alive. <laughs> like Jerry Garcia when he quit heroin. You know he died? <laughs> Because it needed it to his body just needed it to survive. Ric Flair doing them bumps probably get him to live thirty more years. Got his bones all fucking rattled and fucking loosened <laughs> up. Probably fucking feels like uh, Sal Bandini. I feel like a twenty year old again or whatever he says. Crap and tapioca. <laughs> feel like a kid again. <laughs> right, what are you got next? Uh, let's see. John Laurinaitis sent on an email citing budget cuts as the reason for yesterday's cuts. So he's letting everybody know by email he ain't even being a nice guy. He's pulling the old Eric Bischoff. Letting hey, him, I letting think him at this know. point, John Laurinaitis' budget cuts are code for Tony Khan's paying for it. Maybe. <laughs> well, I was thinking it. I can to Eric Bischoff how he used to fucking uh, airmail people. They're fucking... Uh, they're <laughs> Just fucking, send him a box with a letter in it. Yeah. Oh, you're fired, by the way. FedEx to you. That's how Stone Cold got fired. X-Pac, <laughs> a lot of other guys. That's how C- uh, Vince did CM Punk, though, on his wedding. Uh, obviously, we talked about Parker earlier. He wasn't progressing and was buried from the jump. We knew that. They fucking shaved his head and made him look like an idiot and put him in a fucking <laughs> prison outfit and had him shake a guy around with a bear hug. Anybody who comes Didn't out with a straight up bear hug. Rick Steiner? I think he was him a part of Joe that. Gacy. Yeah, he was a part of that. So is Joe Gacy still doing that shit? Yeah, he's got a title shot next week. <sighs> Rick Steiner was on this week too, wasn't he? Yeah. 
So a couple of NXT officials were, were mad, I guess, apparently backstage about the short notice on all these people getting let go. Because all the wrestlers were like, oh, I'm so mad. They're just letting you go out of nowhere. <laughs> That's because half of them are in storylines. That's because like, it's just like a sport when they hit you up with the pink slip when you come back from fucking having a shitty game or whatever. By the way, you don't work here anymore, kid. <laughs> you missed two field goals and you're out. Them people ain't getting the show over. They got to go for the next crop of people who ain't going to get the show over. Only person who's going to remain is probably Braun Breaker. No, he's main roster. He's back and forth, yeah. Shit's only an hour once a week, ain't it? He's no, two, two hours. hours. Oh, two hours? It's a hard two hours. It's harder it's than the, it's it's harder two. than the three hour raw, if you ask me. It's two hours and eight minutes. <laughs> uh Sammy Guevara got injured doing the six thirty off the ladder in the main event of Dynamite. That's because he biffed his shit. Oh yeah, it looked like it hurt a little bit. <clears throat> Uh, I liked when he threw him off the top of the ladder. and he, he wrestled on Scorpio Sky, right? Yeah, and he like bounced off the barbed wire ladder. Like bounced off of it and then face first on. I thought that shit was kind of cool looking when he did that. But that was actually a pretty good match. But I guess we can talk about that shit later probably, huh? <laughs> Maybe. Uh, let's see. Uh, Robert Stone's name has been officially changed to Mr. Stone. I heard he said that like five minutes ago. Oh, I didn't hear you say anything about Who Robert Stone. It? When you were talking about Champa. Roger uh, Stone. Robert Stone. Robert. He's the little goofy guy who kind of looks like... Um, He's a manager. He, he kind of looks like uh, Stevie Richards. Aaliyah. Uh, Unnamed, unknown motherfuckers. Nobody we're talking about, really. Mercedes Martinez. Nobody, I thought she was in Impact. She, got, she knocked somebody out and they fired her. Oh. Or no, she got knocked out on accident, and then they fired her for it. She, she, or he had Frankie Monet for like three minutes. Okay. Uh, NXT's going to have a in your house event in June, SummerSlam weekend, but no, no name for it yet, and it'll be on USA. It not, a, it's a not, what? Uh, SummerSlam's at the end of July. In your house show, hmm. and it's going to be sometime in. And it says June, which is it says, but nothing is currently planned for SummerSlam weekend. So it's going to be their SummerSlam show, probably. I would so say. last the last two or three years, NXT's in your house has been a pay per view event. It's going to be premium on, live event. It's going to be on USA this year because no one <laughs> fucking cares about NXT anymore. And that's the end of that rumor roll for the week. <clears throat> All right, I'll grab my phone and we'll just jump right on into the Indie Mud Show report. And now, the Indie Mud Show report. All right, might as well just keep going with Impact. Not Impact. He ain't changed much. (laughs) Hair a little bit, hair length maybe a little bit. Wrestling Stone Cold. Might as well just stick with NXT 2.0. The main, uh, this is all paraphrased this week because, I mean, nothing big really happened. Uh, Nathan Frazier made his NXT 2.0 debut from NXT UK. Uh, he was on AEW for like three shows. He was Ben Carter. Had a fucking awesome match with uh, Scorpio Sky. Wow. Hmm. He's the kid that was trained by Seth Rollins. Oh, nah. Des Moines? Yeah, he's the British kid. Hmm. Uh, the Viking Raiders were on NXT this week. I didn't even know they were still on TV. Yeah, apparently next week at spring breaking. They're uh, 
taking on the Creed Brothers. Did we ever figure out if it was break in or breaking without the G? It's breaking. It's like they're breaking in? Like they took the G off of. Oh. Okay. Spring uh, breaking it up. <laughs> and then Roxanne Perez, the former Roxy, she had a non-title match against Mandy Rose. She actually looked really good. I mean, she took the loss because they ain't going to have the champ lose. Um, Rick Steiner was on this week because Joe Gacy came out and said that uh, there's no way that Braun Breaker was going to be there this week after they killed him, pushing him off of the scaffolding the week before. <laughs> of course, Braun showed up right after that. Was Harlan there in this segment? No, you haven't seen him since he kidnapped Rick. He's he's been off TV for like three weeks. Now he's now he's out. He went back to prison as nails. Yeah, <laughs> son of nails. <laughs> and then uh, the spring breaking card. Nathan Frazier is taking on Grayson Waller. Uh, Grayson Waller came out during Nathan Frazier's debut and beat the shit out of the jobber, who I think was one of the kids that was on that cut list. Um. Pretty much told Frazier that he ain't worth the debut or whatever. And now they're going to wrestle each other next week on break-in. Uh, the Creeds, like I said, are taking on the Viking Raiders. Uh, you got a triple threat match for the NXT North American title. It's uh, Solo Sokoa, Cameron Grimes, Carmelo Hayes. You got, one of, you got one of Clint's new favorite things that they do. It's not a contract signing this time. It's a... It's a, it's a uh, Formal sit-down between <laughs> Tony D'Angelo Formal sit-down. and Santos Escobar. Are they wearing taxes to the ring? Well, yeah, one's the Don of NXT and the other one's the, whatever the hell you call it. It should be called a parlay. Going <laughs> <laughs> to have a parlay in the ring. That's what it's, I mean, when the heads of two mafias. You've been watching too much Johnny Depp. Try out. No, that's yeah. Obviously, it sounds like something a fucking pirate would say. <laughs> that's what that's what that's called. It's not a fucking or a, like a summit or whatever the fuck they're trying to make us in on. <laughs> when the head of two mobs sit down with par, each other, par 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 before they go to war or go to the matches or the you go, mean parlay? Yeah, that's the word. <laughs> before they go to war or to the mattresses, as they say. Yeah, they have to sit down and have a parlay to make sure they can work everything out before they decide to start putting bullets in each other. And that happened in a lot of wars, battles a long time ago. Um, like generals would sit down and have dinner before the battle and try to talk shit out. And if you know shit didn't go the way they wanted to during that dinner, then right, tomorrow, everyone was gonna tomorrow die. at dawn. Not dawn. even tomorrow. Five, <laughs> five minutes from now, we're going to cut each other. All right, then. And then one would hit each other with a glove, and they go off in the different directions. Somebody slaps somebody with a glove. Somebody sticks a fucking knife through the other one's chin. I'm sure that's <laughs> happened at one of them dinners before. Started the war off right there at dinner. On NXT this week, too, you had a, a terrible match between Nikita Lyons and Lash Legend, which uh, now at spring break-in, we, we get uh, Natalia teaming with Lash Legend, taking on Corey Jade and Nikita Lyons. So, the important question is, did she do the splits... While pinning somebody, I got no. Break, I got actually, breaking news. Actually, no, she didn't. I got breaking news. Don't got nothing to do with wrestling, but uh, Sam Jackson's coming back to be in the Book of Boba Fett season two. Right. As, as Mace Windu, 
Just, they confirmed it? Just right here. Just confirmed it on fucking, fucking giant freaking robot. Book of Boba Fett season two. Samuel L. Jackson's full ready to go. Fuck yeah, man. Fuck yeah. Okay, wrestling. I'm sorry. Well, I'm already distracted. There's some guy kicking some other guy. It's Billy Gunn beating up Steve Austin. Stone Cold Steve Austin. That's Rockabilly Gunn. Then you got the main event. You got Braun Breaker defending his NXT title against Joe Gacy. He was Honky Tonk Man's fucking guy for a minute. Oh, okay. Uh, Honky Tonk Man. I know who Honky Tonk Man is. Honky Tonk Man. He's cool. He's cocky. He's bad. They they replaced uh, Harlan for Joe Gacy. He's now got like a bunch of druids and shit. He's like a he's a certified cult leader now. They surrounded the ring with a. Uh, Rick and Braun in the ring and then of course they fought them all off so I don't have anything New Japan wise this week Triple A is uh, having a pay per view it is uh, Triple Mania that's a lot of Spanish words I can't pronounce right now (laughs) (laughs) uh Pentagon's taking on the Ultimate Dragon. That's one of the notable matches. It's the only one you can pronounce. What? Pentagon and Ultimo. No. Is it Ultimo or is it Ultimate? It's Ultimo. Hmm. Looks like uh, they have a mixed tag match, and Ty Conti and Sammy Guevara are going to be in it. The Young Bucks are taking on a recovered Ray Phoenix and the world champion for AAA. Uh, let's see. Stone Cold stunned Billy Gunn and then flipped his face off. <laughs> looks like there's a six-man mixed tag match, which looks like Deanna Perrazzo and Andrade are on a team together. And then Bandito and Taya Valkyrie are on a team together. The other two people, I have no clue who the hell they are. LaParka's in a match. So after getting fired from MLW, AAA took him back. And that looks like... Shit, why wouldn't you? It's LaParka. And then a Psycho Clown is in a match, which he's supposedly supposed to be one of their next world champions, from what I understand correctly. That's uh, AAA this week. Actually, yeah. I don't really have anything GCW-wise either. There's not a lot going on. Um, So Impact had Rebellion over the weekend. Brand new world champion and Josh Alexander beat Moose. Uh, Tasha Steele's retained. The Knockouts World Championship. Violent by Design, still the tag team champions. Taya Valkyrie is the brand new AAA women's champ. She beat Diana Perrazzo. Um, the Influence retained the Knockouts Tag Team Championships against the Inspiration, which they ended up retiring from wrestling. It looks like Monday or Tuesday. Are they going to keep making music? Uh, I have no one. It says they were just going to. Uh, one of them is in pers- a movie. They're going to pursue other interests. Interesting. Good for them. I think they're a couple of very talented individuals. And then Trey Miguel still the X Division champ. Their rap career's taken off. Their rap career? Is that what you said? Is that what they do, rap? I thought they just sang. Oh, was it just a song? No, they I've never, came thought... with the rapper, I thought. Didn't they drop an album, rap album, right before they came back to Impact? I thought it was just singing. You were the one that originally broke the story yeah. about. I thought they were just singing, though. I didn't think it was rap. <laughs> That's rap. I... Yeah, she's cast in an upcoming movie. Well, that's good Which one? 
Following the announcement that the inspiration were leaving professional wrestling, Jessica McKay has already landed her first film role. The movie is called The Charisma Killers, with Michael Matteo Rossi announcing her appearance in his new film. Stars of the movie include Vanessa Angel, Vernon Wells, Jordan James Smith, Chris Moss, and more. It's described as follows. When the old mentor of Seven Killers <laughs> finds out he has terminal cancer, he gives them all an opportunity at his fortune to put themselves for one night only to exact revenge. Sounds terrible. <laughs> That sounds like every fucking scary movie rolled into one. Like now it is, yeah. <laughs> and the bad part is Billy Kay has it, or Jesse, Jessica McKay. She's the one that they didn't push when they broke him up. Yeah, she's the one with the annoying voice. The one that was like, actually, little movie your manager and had the headshot. She was oh, that's her? her? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the funny one. She's the one in this movie? Yes. Yeah. She has a kind of Australian. Well, I guess they both have an accent, I guess, don't they? Yes, they're both Australian. Mm-hmm. They were actually rivals in high school, I think, and then they ended up becoming friends. They just make me sad. They had a good, they had a good upside. Oh, thanks the other, to, thank WWE or whoever the fuck didn't think they were talented enough for their bolster company. Yeah, and then the other one's married to Sean Spears. Oh well, there you go. Oh, you got to be on that? different shows, or you got to go. Now you definitely have to go. <laughs> and then, uh, pretty much, Impact. Show-wise this week, uh, you have the Briscoes return to Impact. Already in their first match back, which will be next Saturday night at Under Siege. They take on the World Tag Team Champions. Violent by design. (coughs) Uh, Josh Alexander's first title defense is going to be against Tamahiro Ishii. Man, Ishii's just popping up everywhere wrestling. He's fucking brutal, man. And that's all I got for the Indian Mud Show report this week. So, well, we'll be right back after this with our uh, main course because Dick still hasn't recorded anything yet. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. Like, the only thing I I really don't like about it is, like, you know, clicking the link and and coming to where our show's at and we can't even, well, like, it's not where I listen to any of my podcasts at, so... I don't know. I'm kind of over it by now. You mean going on Facebook and finding our uh, page every week? Yeah, yeah. It just pops up the little window or whatever, and you got to listen to it from there. Well, actually, all messed up. Actually, thanks to our host, Anchor FM, uh, we're available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Breaker, CastBox, Pocket Cast, Good Pods, Radio Public. We'll soon be on iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and of course, you can find us on Spotify. You both didn't already know that? Jeez, you're idiots. And now for the main course. Hey everybody, welcome back. It's time for the main course. Guess we just kick off the 20 year celebration of the debut of Randy Orton. So, uh, shit ton of wrestlers around the ring, Matt Riddle in the ring, got to introduce his, his boy, Randy Orton, good video montage and all that, I thought, highlighting the career of Randy Orton, who says he's still got 10 more years left in him. Oh yeah. So play the crowd, play the crowd. (sighs) He's going to be, he might might be, I don't think he's a Hollywood guy. Like you said, he's going to be here a lot. 
long time after on Pat McAfee's show he said that his movies suck so I don't think he's destined to go do anything else I think he's in uh, what fucking movies is Randy Orton in WWE movies round 12 2 uh, he was in the Condemned 2 Condemned 2 and then he was in another one was he in one of the Marines I know he was in Condemned 2 I thought he was in the second round 12 remember John Cena was in the movie round 12 or whatever it was called round 7 something like that yeah he's in one of those two I think he was a sequel uh, to that one the Dean Ambrose is in the third one fucking uh, terrible man poor Dean I wonder how much you got paid for that shit <laughs> 6 bucks maybe maybe 7, maybe seven. No, I mean, now no, take it easy. If it was the Rocks movies, they got a little more than that. Uh, you guys got anything to say about Randy Orton over his 20, 20 years? Dude, he's in a bunch of movies. I mean, Randy Orton's... <clears throat> that's what I am. We gush about him every week, really. 12 rounds, 2 reloaded. Yeah, that's what the it was. The Condemned 2, The Countdown in 2016, Long Shot in 2019, Changeland... In 2019, and Paws of Fury, The Legend of Hank, 2022. He's a dog. You think he gives a dog an RKO or what? As Teddy, he's been on uh, TV three times also. He's on Dealer No Deal as himself. Hmm. He was in Shooter and The Thundermans. Shooter makes sense because it was on USA. Thundermans is on Disney Channel, I think. So that also makes sense. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's Disney Channel because my kid used to watch it a little bit here and there. So if that's not Disney, then it's Nickelodeon. You know what nobody ever talks about Randy Orton about no more? What? Steroids in 2009 or whatever when they out like 16 people got arrested. Forget all the doctors or getting all the steroids from the fucking... I don't think he got arrested though. Uh, it wasn't arrested, but they all got suspended, right? Rey Mysterio was Yeah, a bunch of them Randy got suspended, Orton. yeah. You know, these kids only got suspended. What the fuck? Their doctor might have got arrested, but... They probably went in and said, told Nandrolone, the cops they were supposed to tell them. And... Oxandrolone, stenazolol, and testosterone, as well as ancillary drugs, anastrozole, and clomiphene citrate. Which might have been legal at one time, and then they turned around and made it illegal, and then it was in a system which meant it was illegal, or they could have been just straight illegal drugs. But they do that all the time, the FDA or whatever. They'll be fucking like weightlifting drugs and things like that that people take, and then they'll turn around and turn and make them illegal. And for certain sports... Things like that, they're probably 100% illegal, but for just like regular weightlifters in the weightlifting world, say, competitions, they might not be illegal. There's different rules for different <laughs> things, you know what I mean? I'm not trying to say that they weren't all doing shit illegal because Rey Mysterio got fucking jacked when he came to WWE, but, you know, some of that shit might have been... Uh, man... It's He's got a lot of controversy here. Like that Medicut shit or whatever. Like Triple H used to push that shit for WWE and then it became illegal. We're not here to talk about the controversy. We're here to celebrate 20 years of Randy Orton. Oh, sorry. Yeah. But uh, Legend Killer Randy Orton's my favorite version of Randy Orton of all time. You know, early early evolution Randy Orton and shit. We Dude, watched that was, Mick Foley matching him like two weeks ago. He was uh, yeah, my geez. heir to the Hulk Hogan throne after he, he thanked uh, Hulkamania. He thanked, <laughs> he thanked Mick Foley in the ring. Monday night, saying that without Mick Foley, there wasn't no Randy Orton. I mean, that Mick match of backlash kind of made him. Hawking a loogie in his face. <laughs> kicking him down a flight of steps in that fucking hard, the hardcore match we watched over here, I guess it was been last week, um, on Backlash 04 that they had with each other. Fucking was a brutal-ass match. It's one probably one of my top three favorite Randy Orton matches of all time. But I would say out of all the eras that Orton's been in, he's been able to, it's kind of like Jericho a little bit, he's been able to change his character just a little bit to to be able to fit kind of every version 
of WWE that there's been so far when they hit their hardcore PG area, he was able to fit in. Um, you know, back before the added ruthless aggression era, he fit in pretty well. And then now he's doing, I mean, he's, I guess, more than a legend at this point, I would say. Icon, uh, as far as wrestling goes. Um, but, like, he's able to change his character again and get with, like, Matt Riddle and still remain relevant and be just as over with, like, younger people and as he is with older people, which is something that's hard for a lot of wrestling people to do, to be able to have kids and adults like you both at the same time or whatever, you know. So that's that's saying something, I think. It's for the kids. I think they ruined the segment a little bit with all the fucking, like, the heel motherfuckers that came out and shit and, like... Like well, I first, guess they got to do something with it, but they could have just like well, first Cody came out. Shit, they could have just hammed it up with him and and fucking oh, uh, Corey Graves' podcast. They have Cody Rhodes on it this week. It's a really good podcast. It's only forty five minutes long, but Corey Gra- Corey Graves basically and Cody Rhodes. So Corey Graves is like one of Dusty Rhodes' hand picked people. Like like he fucking brought him from the indies told Vince like you're getting this dude this is gonna be my James Dean fucking type of cat and so Cody Rhodes and Corey Graves have always had like this sort of relationship because of Dusty so now they're able to reconnect or whatever and they're on there together talking about um, Cody's AEW experience and some of that stuff and coming back from AEW to WWE and what it was like being owning a company and then Cody kind of fucking not really goes heel but at the same time, like, he's like, I heard of, like, this Jim Cornette guy. He's got, like, a 10-hour omnibus on me. And he's like, I'm not mad about it. He's like, he's super critical about my career and all this. And he's like, but 10 hours? He's like, really? Come on, man. <laughs> he's like, he's like, I'm glad that he's got a 10-hour show on me. He's like, that gives me a little bit of, you know, a little bit more of this and that. It was almost like a, he's like, I'm not mad at all. And I don't think he was, but it was almost like a, but he showed, you know, I, I care about what he did in the 80s and the 90s. He was a great manager and blah, 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 this and that. And he's like, but like, he's like all these guys complaining. He's like, especially people like he's like I had to put Disco Inferno in his place, and he's like I felt really bad about that guy. I had to <laughs> shut him down, and it was like he was like trying to talk shit without talking shit, you know what I mean? But doing it real nice, like a uh, Philip Rivers style. Uh, bless their hearts. And yeah, kind of. And then he's like, well, how about how about you guys just bring your kids to the show and enjoy it, just like the old guys had to do when you guys were in there, and they were complaining about when you guys were doing it. You know what I mean? He's like, you guys had your time, and it was fun. He's like, well, now it's our time, and maybe you should just watch the show with your kids and enjoy it. <laughs> it was fucking great, dude. And I was like, oh, my God, Cody. But he was talking about some of the, the AEW experience, and I can't go into all that because I can't remember exactly what he was saying specifically. Um, but, I mean, behind the scenes, like the the, the business part of it. So How they I, weren't friends no more towards the end? I don't know, but not really that, but just the business part of it and stuff. He talked about it a little bit. So anybody that's interested in that stuff, I believe it's called After the Bell, Corey Graves' podcast. It's usually not. It's very WWE'd up. You know what I mean? They try to keep him in character as best they could, but Cody went ahead and stayed. He was out of character. But you did see that Cody's the next person on the Broken School Sessions, too, right? Yeah, that ought to be a good one. He told the story, too, that um, only a couple people knew that he was coming to WWE, and one of them was uh, DDP, and the other was Matt Cordona. He's like, but as I was telling Cordoni, he's like, we were drinking. He's like, you know how he gets. He goes, he starts to drinking, and that eye gets to rolling around in his head, man. He gets ideas, and he's like, I just can't. <laughs> he's like, I just don't know if I can trust the guy sometimes when I tell him stuff. He's like, but he kept his mouth shut the whole time and everything. Well, and, you were talking about it earlier. If they're trying to free up $6 million, $3 million for MJF, $3 million for Matt Cordona. Yeah, I don't think MJF's going anywhere for a while. I think he's I think he's going to be in AEW till at least 2024, like they say, right? 
Um, but if they're needing six million right now for whatever fucking reason, they got about six people right now they could cut that aren't doing jack shit. <laughs> Three of them are fucking the fucking fake Peaky Blinders in SmackDown. Nah, There's only two Peaky Blinders right now. No, he's a fucking waiting on his time to come, man. There was no <laughs> sign of Butch this week. I think that uh, might have his visa problem or something. I think they probably cut LA Knight and T Bar and Mace. Actually, it face, is. Buds. It's, yeah, face, it's face. So. It's not Mace no more. It ain't Mace the face. It's just face. He's the face now, like the face of the fucking <coughs> company. Yeah. How are you going to get that over? So does that mean that Keith Lee's name was going to be Face Lee? <laughs> or just Face? All right, going back to the Bear Randy. Bearcat Face. Dude, going dude, back to the uh, if you think about it, he always has that like mm, smile. He's looking up. What if that was it? It was like, it's just Face. And then his fucking thing face. Was, it was like, <laughs> a, uh, you know, just a picture of him like smiling and shit. Okay, going back to uh, the Randy Orton thing. They brought Cody to the ring. Rollins interrupts. Elias gets in the ring. Wait, not Elias. Is it Ezekiel? Is this the same promo that we started like seven minutes ago, eight minutes ago? Yes. Okay. You can tell he's coked out of shit. Just look at him. And she's gone. Shit's gone like way long winded. And he's sweating now. Yeah. Took his shirt off. <laughs> uh, Ko ends up in the ring. The Usos show up. So what are we getting at the end of <coughs> Raw in the main event? Eight-man tag. Oh, man, not a tag team main event. They never do that. <laughs> so you got you got Ezekiel. Raw's become SmackDown. Cody Rhodes. <laughs> Teddy and, Long come and, up and set that shit up? Or Ar- no, it was Adam Pearce. <laughs> just as bad. At, with RK-Bro taking on the Usos with Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens. He's Teddy Long if he just didn't say playa. Who said player? I don't even remember. <laughs> player, player. He said that shit to Stone Cold one night. Stone Cold goes, don't call me that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fucking immediately I'll drop at it. Don't call me that. He said, you got it, Steve. <laughs> and then he quit like two weeks later, but you know. Right, you got the, uh, you had the Raw Women's Championship match between Sonya Deville and Bianca Belair. Uh, Sonya loses by countout. Restarts the match with no countouts. Uh, she hits Bianca with a chair and gets disqualified, which then she restarts the match as a no DQ match. So then, uh, Carmella and Queen Zelina come out to help her. Bianca beats all three of them, retains the women's championship. And then it, later on that night in a backstage segment. EST. How did Sonya Deville come to authority? From a higher she, power. They just put her in charge. Like the higher power did. Charge now. The higher power did. She, her and Vince had a meeting. The, the higher power put her in charge. What do you mean? <laughs> Adam Pierce talks about the higher power all the time. For higher authority, whatever. From the story I read, Vince and Sonya had a meeting about bringing her back after she was gone for like three months with the whole Mandy Rose Loser, loser leaves WWE or whatever and Vince goes well you got any ideas to pitch to me she goes well I got these I got this uh, pants suit that I really like or whatever (laughs) and he sent her back to the hotel to get it and brought her in and she was wearing it and he's like I got an idea (laughs) and that's the story I've read Oh, that sounds about right. Either way, Sonya Deville slapped the shit out of Carmella and Zelina, and 
they came out to help her because she promised them a title match that they're not now getting. Um, you had an arm wrestling match between Bobby Lashley and Omos. <laughs> Is this because Bobby Lashley took a good spill out of the ring? Can't do anything more. No, that happened later there. in the week. Oh, did you uh, see that shit? What? Bobby the Lashley, top, the top, top rope snapping. Oh yeah, yeah, motherfucker looked like he about broke his neck. I've had two biggie situations. <laughs> yeah, he's lucky. Do you see the video that says Bobby Lashley ain't alone or whatever? And it's like a six-minute compilation. And people's top rope snapping and people yeah. falling over the top. I don't know if it's just two big dudes hitting at the rope exact same time or someone, you know. Sometimes shit breaks. Randy Orton said the NXT guys don't know what they're doing. Maybe WWE's production is getting so bad that they're, you know, they fired enough people. Maybe they don't have the right type of people that know how to put the rings together and all that shit. Maybe they're getting Dollar General about their... <laughs> production you know what i'm saying maybe it's shit's janky as fuck from look even you remember it's the no fucking a little plastic fucking and... table that all the legends sit at and talk about talk on you know what i'm saying <laughs> maybe they ain't got as much money as what they're acting like they got <laughs> maybe they're broke as shit maybe they ain't got the water coolers no more there's no communication coming from corporate down to the guys that set the ring up and shit something fuck what? they need looks to me like they're trying to go back to this with laser, like 1997 order, with laser lights trying to order all their turnbuckles and only Six and nine came in. Getting all the shit from Wish. <laughs> Got to reuse Bob, this one. Put a new screw in it, though. Just in case either one of you were curious, Bobby Lashley beats Omos in an arm wrestling match and then gets kicked in the face by Omos. Yeah, I wasn't really all that curious. Oh, I know you were. You were. You were. <laughs> you were tickling over there. I could see it. Biting at the chomp. You were. Yeah, the return of. Becky Lynch since there WrestleMania. Isn't wrestling movie called Over the Top? Yeah, it's Fester Sloan, man. <laughs> He's, it's, got the, it's got the thing where he fucking locks up with the guy and instantly spins his hat around means business. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's when you know it's on. But, uh, yeah, the return of Becky. First time we've seen her since WrestleMania. And the return of Asuka, which you talked about earlier. She, uh, yeah, I wasn't really expect. I mean, we were expecting her to come back at some time. She's been set on the sidelines forever, but you know, they, they didn't announce it was going to be denied or nothing. There's got to be something special about Sonya Deville. Something. Vince McMahon works with her personally, she says on this. There's, I'm reading an interview that she did here not too long ago, and she said that her and Vince McMahon spend a lot of personal time together, like personally works with her and fucking helps her with her it's character. Probably she doesn't sleep. I don't know, dude, but for whatever reason, she's pretty special to him. It sounds to me like he's got his... She looks real good in that pants suit. He's been helpful on my journey and helped me achieve so many life goals and has gotten me so many opportunities. Like, he's personally, I guess, fucking... Franchise that? I I don't know, man. I don't want to say nothing. That sounds (laughs) terrible, but... You know, whatever, for whatever reason, she's he's picked her for out of all the other females on the roster that actually fucking wrestle every week. She's not a bad wrestler. No, I know, and she doesn't very often. Uh, When she does, she puts on a pretty good show, but for whatever reason, Vince McMahon's like, ah, we've got something special here. Like, (laughs) I don't know what it is about her, but I bet everybody else hates the fuck out of her for it. (laughs) 
She said she wanted to do like a Sasha Banks kind of boss type of Except what she was what she was explaining to Vince McMahon. Like she wanted to be like a Sasha Banks type of boss. Like I bet she rides down captain the road. Of, captain industry type of wrestler. She probably rides down the road with Theory just being sad about being on the outside of the actual locker room. Cause, and then just because Vince likes them. She said while they sat in Vince McMahon's office, he called somebody and said, you need to go to Sonya's apartment and get her and get her suit and bring it to the office. <laughs> so they brought her suit to the office and she changed right there. And then Vince McMahon's like, fuck, you're just going to be in charge of everything. <laughs> All right, then. You were talking about it, though. We got a short-term feud between Becky and Asuka because... Be- Who is Be- that guy Becky's- right there that he's wrestling against? I have no idea. Is it Carlos Colon? Do you know? Well, the guy that's on the mat right there? Who that is? Kind of looks like Barry Horowitz. Oh, good job, Brent. Good job. <laughs> that's one of those jobbers that nobody knows about, but everybody knows, right? You didn't know who he was. He was in WCW, like, as a star before this. Well, we got some dead space right there because we're all staring at the TV going, the other guy, <laughs> who's going to talk next? The other guy's a jobber, too, that's fucking well-known for fucking just going around losing his ass to everybody. Is it Dan Spivey? Uh, no, I'll, I'll tell you in a minute, but it's not. I think his name's Mike something. And then uh, we had the return of Mustafa Ali. He took on The Miz. Actually got a win over the Miz. Then he gets attacked by Champa. Then we have that eight man tag match at the end of the night that I just brought up earlier. Is that D David Schultz? <laughs> no, dude, he was long gone from WWF by this time. Was he? This is that way after he smacked the shit out of that dude on the Ted's news. Awesome. That was in like the late seventies, early eighties when he did that no. shit. No. Ted's house ain't been on TV that long. That was like ninety four or five. And they uh they let they let the good guys win. So Randy Orton didn't lose on a celebration night. <laughs> That's well, you would, only time they ever not do pretty that sure, shit. Is pretty the, sure he arcade broed or RKO'd like everybody. That's Mike Sharp. Iron Mike Sharp. So two of the most famous WWE jobbers are on the same tag team. I'm like, all right. Moving on to SmackDown, I only got like three things. You had a steel cage match. Between McIntyre and Sami Zayn, since Sami Zayn has ran away from Drew McIntyre even during a lumberjack match. Got counted out of a lumberjack match, right? No, they never actually finished the match. Oh. Because everybody came to the ring and it was just fucking chaos. Uh, He took the Claymore, one, two, three, Drew McIntyre wins. You know who uh, Mike Jackson is? No. Old man that showed up in Impact Wrestling to wrestle at like 70 years old? No. It says right here that he was, a, back in the day, he used to lose on the regular to Magnum TA, Ric Flair, Jake the Snake Roberts, Bob Backlund. Uh, he's 70 years old. He uh, showed up in re- Impact Wrestling. Uh, and apparently, he re- I don't know if it's current, but he says he's in, in Impact Wrestling, Mike Jackson. Huh. Shows a picture of him fucking with holding the dude's hand on the top rope, twisting it up and shit. It says Impact behind his head. <laughs> You had a... Uh, That's kind of cool, though. He can do it. Ric Flair can fucking do it. Tag teaming with PCO, sounds like. <laughs> he had a contract signing between uh, RK Bro and the Usos. I think we should just call it a parlay from now on, whether it's a contract signing or not. We had a parlay between... <laughs> well, the one was a contract summon or whatever the fuck. That one, ta- one, one night we were watching it, they were calling it, or you were... Because I, I was talking shit about it being a contract signing, and then the next week he's like, you're going to like this. And instead of calling it a contract summit, they called it a, su- a summit or some kind of shit like that. Yeah, contract summit. 
or they just got together and had a, con- a talk about the contract instead of actually signing that. It was what? Vernon White. Well, it it was a fucking brawl. <laughs> You're about like to see not- a brawl right now. Here comes Kenny Shamrock. Uh, this ain't a squash match. No. It's a UFC match. <laughs> Fuck you mean squash match. And then the other, I mean, Ricochet defended the Intercontinental Championship against Shanky. How about that? Ricochet got to be on TV. Against Shanky? Shanky. And then you had the Beat the Clock Challenge. You had uh, Ronda Rousey taking on, fucking I don't remember, Shotzi? I think she took on Shotzi. And it was a time match to see who could make the other ones submit the quickest because Charlotte had a match too. Uh, Ronda made uh, Shotzi Blackheart submit in like a minute 40. So, the arm bar, I'm guessing. Yeah. So uh, Charlotte had a match against Aaliyah. And uh, she had a minute 40 to make her submit. Charlotte lost the challenge. Then took it out on Drew Gulag. She's been beating the shit out of him for like three or four weeks now. That's how SmackDown went off the air. It was actually a very shitty SmackDown. Uh, next next weekend we get the WrestleMania Backlash. I just want to give you a guys updated card real quick. You got the I Quit match between Rousey and Flair. I think um, Rousey's going over. The tag team unification match is now a six man tag. Yeah, what is this bullshit? RK Bro is teamed with Drew McIntyre taking on the bloodline. You hear this? Yeah, I'm listening to RK Bro and Drew McIntyre versus the Bloodline. The but the tag team belts are on the line. Yeah. But not the not the universal belt the Romans are right. on. It's tag team titles. I know. It's I'm WWE, bud. I'm waiting for you to fucking say this. Don't make no goddamn sense. Obviously, and yeah. Well, how many times are we gonna so, come back to that point? <laughs> if we uh fuck I mean waste my breath for? So my question is Because most if, of the time you're the first one to jump on it. <laughs> Far K if if Orton's team title. fucking wins or whatever, uh, uh does that make him part of like a freebird rule, the tag team belts? Defending them too? No. It just what what's gonna happen is is the, Uso, the bloodlines the are gonna, winning. The bloodline's gonna win, but it's just gonna cause Drew McIntyre and Roman Reigns to segue off into a one on one deal and then Roman Reigns I mean the Usos and RK Broken feud off in another direction. Well, that's the, all it is. That's They're just the running the two storylines at once. Well, and it protects Roman's titles because they don't at, want him losing at house shows. I mean, well, that could be why the title's not on the line too, because maybe they lose, Roman doesn't get pinned. And then that way he doesn't lose his or, streak, and then he doesn't lose his title as a single. Title's not on the line, but he gets pinned, and RKO and Riddle have the unified tag team belts. And, and that causes Drew McIntyre to get a, one, a championship match because he pinned maybe. Pin the champion. Which would also make Drew McIntyre the technical tag team champions and the fucking number one contender. But I don't on think WWE. And right, and right now at the house shows, they're running Drew McIntyre versus Roman Reigns for the universal title. They're going to start having Drew McIntyre smoking pot and fucking joining up with them guys. He could put face paint on like the headbangers He's and just have smoking to kill out of the handle of his they're on two sword. Different, they're bagpipes, on, dude. They're on two different shows. <laughs> <laughs> Blows a big old fucking wad of smoke out. He's got a fucking DX symbol on his fucking kilt. <laughs> oh, 
This is 420. This is the finest herb grown around the lake of Loch Ness. <laughs> this is 420 on his kilt and shit. All right. Rollins and uh, Rhodes have their rematch. Corn grows his hair up like road dog and shit. <laughs> Corbin, or Happy Corbin and Mad Cat Moss have a match. We got a rematch of Edge and AJ. And then we got a rematch of Omos and Bobby. I've, I, uh, I'm kind of looking forward to Happy Dude. Happy Corbin, I still like. I can't help it. I want to dislike him. I but can't because I, I just don't with a stupid little sweater and his happy little hat. <laughs> and Mad Cat Moss is a shit too. No. No. That's the shit watching him almost get paralyzed. I think he should have been the one <laughs> instead of Big E. But He's a bit too big and dumb to get paralyzed. Right. That's why I said it should have been him instead of Big E, but... We all don't get to pick our next now, do we? Here comes Vader. It's Vader time. Ah! All right, it's uh, <laughs> but it is actual time to jump to the other company. About fucking time. The only thing that even half ass started in wrestling this week. Tony Khan picking the wrong guys, the number one draft pick. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Brett, I don't think Brett watched Dynamite. He's watching the draft. I didn't pay attention. I just made, there was a picture of the dude who got drafted to the Buffalo Bills as a running back, and he looked fucking absolutely upset about it. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of him having a big smile, this I love, angry uh, look while he's putting his hat on, like, fuck Fucking this. Buffalo's cold. Bullshit. <laughs> but you know what? They say it smells, on certain days it smells like Lucky Charms, and on other days it smells like Cocoa Puffs, because there's a big ass in the city where the Buffalo Bills <laughs> play at is where they make Lucky Charms and, I believe, Cocoa Puffs. So on certain days... When they're making the Lucky Charms, the whole city smells like Lucky Charms. And on thank, other days, thank it you, like, General Mills. How the fuck could you be angry living in a place like that? No matter how <laughs> cold it is, it's going to smell like Lucky Charms when you walk outside. I don't know a lot better than the pig shit in Beardstown. It don't make sense why they put each other through tables. It should be a happy place. <laughs> I love the meme, though. It wasn't five minutes after the number one pick was taken in on in the NFL. It's Tony Khan's picture from the huge announcement with his face ready to go. And it says, Tony Khan has a huge announcement. We take the number or we take the least productive defensive end that's available as the number one pick. Oh, that picture you sent us where it looks like he's done yeah, fucking yeah. nine rails of cocaine. <laughs> Swerve, bro. Gee whiz. He, he was a. Uh, Why did he sign John Moxley to the football team? Or, Don't give him any fucking ideas. His new or, star running back, John or the, or the other one that says Tony Khan. He's like, all right, who are we taking with the number one pick so we can team him with uh, the Jericho Appreciation Society to take on Kingston, Santana, and Ortiz? And then it says Doug Pedersen, who's the head coach of the Jaguars. He's like, Tony, who in the fuck is the Jericho whatever in <laughs> this? He goes, you know, this is the NFL draft, right? And then it, then it goes to Tony's dad's name. And it says, Doug, don't ask. <laughs> Swerve Strickland, a wide receiver. Uh, He's too small. Lance Archer at tight end. No, but honestly, how has nobody from the Jaguars debuted in AEW yet? No, he isn't. Dude, I'm, I'm totally ready for fucking Trevor Lawrence to be too small to be a wide receiver. <laughs> Not at all. I mean, last year at Blood and Guts, Jackson. we got to see Urban Meyer and Charlie Strong. We can still say Urban Meyer's name. Like he's out with the blondes that he was met at the bar after that loss that night. Didn't he? <laughs> he got canceled and go do whatever he wants. He now. went out with them and never came back. <laughs> he didn't get there. Ain't no such thing as getting canceled. All right, we'll jump into actual wrestling. Show opened up qualifier for the Owen Hart Cup. You had Dax Harwood taking on Cash Wheeler. It's nice to know that finally, like we're getting down to a number as to how many people are going to actually be in the tournament when it starts. Cause we haven't made it to the tournament yet. This is just, just qualifier, qualifier for the tournament. Yeah. I'm guessing there's going to be 12. 
That's what it looks like to me from well, each. They're going to have to speed the fuck up because we're already, tomorrow's May 1st and the pay per view is at the end of the month. So you only got about four four to six people in each one right now. I think this Friday, I would imagine, this, unless they do is all the, the matches. the pay per view the whole tournament, though? That's what I was going to no, say. It's unless the finals. They, well, that's what I mean. They could do it King of the Ring style. And at the original King of the Rings, they would have about eight matches that were King of the Ring matches to the final. So they could do that and have an eight-man bracket and have guys wrestle more than one time in one night, which is cool to me because I always love that King of the Ring concept. Yeah, where they're tired at the end. Yeah, and it looked like you actually, right. Uh, I think that could be really cool. I mean, I'm sure it causes some injuries for some characters and cats, but like I I would really like that concept. So if they if they did, I mean, that's what they used to do with the King of the Ring. It would always go right down to the wire there, and then right before the pay-per-view, it was like that Thursday you knew exactly who the fucking eight dudes were that were going into the pay-per-view. So I would be all right with that. And, you know, right now they got a good list of motherfuckers who are in this qualifier. Minute. So Why don't we have a number? I want to call it. <laughs> That's a lot of fucking money if you live in Canada. What about Canada? Two forty nine if you live in Canada. Dollar forty nine if you live in the United States. See the flags behind them? <laughs> no, those are flags. It's America. I can That's... see our flag, but the hell is... Canada. Yeah, I, just... I, I, I see it now, but at first, when you just look at it, it's like, what the fuck is that? So, how do you guys feel about the? Look, there's a great man right there, Gorilla Monsoon. How would you feel about Dax and Cash? Dude, it was it was good. It was it was real good. I, I mean, mean, I always say Dax is going to be the breakout star anyway. I've been saying for but, a while I hope that that he got to have a singles run in this competition. Um both of them put on a really good match with each other and I there was a thing they showed on Facebook of them mirroring Brett and Owens match a little bit, them going back and forth and doing moves that Brett and Owens both did each other in one of their matches that they had. I think it was a WrestleMania 10 match. Um and, you know, uh, CM Punk and fucking Darby Allen did the same shit in, in CM Punk's first match back. It was uh, good having CM Punk on the commentary desk, too. And I thought that having Dax win it without using a finisher was even pretty cool. Um, because, like, they really did wrestle down to who was just the better of the two for the win. You know what I mean? The reverse on the roll-up. Or not reverse. It was a pin, kind of roll-up pin or whatever. And then he reversed that pin for the, for the win. I also thought it was really cool and a neat dynamic that I've never seen happen before is... When they came out to wrestle at the beginning, they came out together as a tag team and then wrestled each other instead of coming out separately. I thought that was kind of cool. I would agree. As they came out as a team and then left, yeah, it, yeah. And then left as a team after the yeah, one loss. That too. was yeah, really unique. They hugged it out at the end. Uh, I thought it, I just and it was just a really, really well done match. Good, good spots, good finish. The whole thing all around us. It's, it's cool that it if you're a fan of wrestling, a breakup or anything like that yeah. either. And if you're a fan of wrestling, that's probably one of the best matches I've seen this year. So I think right now, off the top of my head, we have Samoa Joe, Kyle O'Reilly, Adam Cole, Darby Allen, Dax. There's one more. I think. You hear the birds chirping in the background? Yeah, they're pretty. <laughs> <laughs> trying to help Brent think. Uh, isn't there another match this week? Yeah, there's another match this week. So probably this week will be your last pre- person people that are qualified. You gotta have at least. You're gonna have to have at least eight, because if you do six, that ends up in triple threats. Yeah. So there's probably next Wednesday and Friday. I better be your last two qualifying matches. Which one of the? They have uh, unless they had one this last Friday. I haven't watched last night's episode yet. So yeah, they had one between Darby and Swerve. So that would be your. Which I already said Darby was in it. Right, so then, like you said, there would be two more people left to be in it if there's going to be eight. 
Fuck, they and could they, go 10. And they have a qualifier between Bobby Fish and... Ooh, the whole undisputed era is going to be in it. I think they're trying. It's Bobby Fish and Jeff Hardy on Dynamite. That's oh, yeah, right. that's right. Fucking fuck Jeff Hardy. Dude, I hope Bobby Fish just fucking... I bet they left Jeff Hardy in it for the fucking children. Safe <laughs> WWE. The man children. It don't matter, bro. They still got to cater to the fans a little bit in that aspect where Jeff Hardy's a name that's going to get people to buy that pay-per-view if he's in the fucking final fucking They got Orange Cassidy and Dan Housen. They fucking that. make somebody good lose out to Jeff Hardy so he can be on the pay-per-view so they can get a motherfucker to buy it. I'm going to be so mad, dude. And if he wins it... You, Bobby Fish is fucking beating him. If Jeff Hardy wins it, I'm going to be even, even more mad than that, dude. He's the only one in the... T- he's the only one in AEW, I'm pretty sure, besides Dustin that's wrestled Owen. Christian. Owen. Christian. I don't... Jeff probably never wrestled Owen, but us in there at WWF at the same time. No. I'm pretty sure Jeff Hardy had a match as a jobber against Owen Hart. No, no. Jeff Hardy's not a jobber. He was when his first fucking... Like he was back years. then. When he, he was, was still 15. And then when he was enhancement talent. Uh, You're not gonna like my jobber list. <laughs> uh, moving on, we'll go to Dick's favorite group. You had the Blackpool Combat Club taking on the Factory. December 11th, 1995, Jeff Hardy versus Owen Hart while he was a jobber. <laughs> uh, I only that... know that because I had to look up jobbers. <laughs> well, yeah, but there was dudes who just did that. Their whole career was nothing but fucking lose ass. Yeah, I know. Bad part is, Mr. Perfect was kind of one of them. I mean, yeah, he was the Intercontinental Champion, but he put everybody over all the fucking time. Right, but he was he won a title belt, so he's not technically considered someone who would be a 100% fucking... See what Iron Mike Sharp looks like nowadays? And fucking Mr. Perk was a household name. Whoa. I mean, he's old. You do realize jobbers are the ones that put people over, right? Journeyman. Right, that's what journeyman. There's a difference between jobber and journeyman, man. There's dudes like, like who he said earlier that are there to do nothing but lose and help other people fucking look better. And Mr. Perfect did it a lot. <coughs> I wouldn't consider him that though. Not after their, what he had done. What he, he, he was definitely in WCW. He was in AWA and all that before though. Like that WCW is like the end of his fucking career. Because back hurt. He had to get them young kids over too, though. That was kind of the point, I think, at that point. And All right, Blackpool Combat Club and the Factory. I like their Dude, fucking BCC, was... bro. They got a good entrance. Dude, they're, and it's just a little bit more each fucking week. We're just story building in this fucking super group or whatever and fucking... Fucking fights. I'm on the edge of my seat watching it every week. And then just the finish where everybody's in the ring finishing every motherfucker at the same time, like... We're done. We own it. It's good. It's good. It's probably the only reason I still like wrestling, to be honest with you. That's a lie. They just need, <laughs> That's a lie, they, he says. They just need the entrance music now. Your favorite part's Dan Housen. Don't, don't worry. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, you can't use Wild Thing. It's fucking terrible. Dan Housen's trash. They should, uh, I, I don't know. I, I mean, like their shirt. I finally got to see their shirt this one. What so song goes with the Blackpool... Combat Club. I don't know. They got a Tony Khan's got to spend some money on a good fucking well-known rock song entrance for that. No, not necessarily. Could do something unknown. Maybe use Crispin Wazzle. Dude, music. you got to use the song from a. No, you got to use the song from a 
Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back when they're on their revenge tour. That how many people want to kick some ass, dude? That'd be <laughs> fucking sweet. That'd be real sweet. That'd be too comical. Be too fuck because we were, he was just laughing about it when he it's said it's got to be some British fucking barroom brawling shit. If anything, that should Songs. come out to the William Regal's old WWF music that sound like some guys were sitting down for tea. Yeah, no, swinging a flag around, La Resistance style. No, I'm only. I'm only here because I heard there was punch and pie. They should definitely all go more towards this, like the military type of garb looking shit that like John Moxley wears, though. Not like shield style, but like the more urban camo for their outfits. You know what I mean? Urban camo. Kind of ish. Like John Moxley's got the, those, I don't say that's really, or I don't know what kind of color camouflaged is, but it's like that urban camo. It's, it's for urban his, camo. For his pants. DB should get some for his trunks, and then Wheeler Yuta should get some for his, and that should be their like. Black and, him, yeah. black and silver urban camo-ish type of shit could be their NWO type of colors, you know what I mean? Or they, they're slowly getting more uniform and, and yeah, though, so I think I mean, we're heading that direction. Yeah, they're fucking brutal as shit. Dude, the finish itself, like, it's like, oh, they're letting the little guy shine too, and it's like, oh my god, no, they're just fucking dominant in their fucking ring. <laughs> and, uh, like, you didn't stand a chance. William Regal, he sucks brian danson's cock the whole time doesn't he oh he's the one i wish i could have been <laughs> yeah. ah look at him i love william ringle on the fucking mic me too on this shit shut up man with the mask <laughs> I, I like when he gets to gushing about people that aren't in the group because it's like at any minute are they just gonna fucking let somebody else join you know right. what i'm saying but they haven't yet they're keeping it pretty pretty close to this three people right now but it's gonna be dexter loomis or four or whatever but <laughs> i think it should be cesaro it'll probably be eddie kingston no <laughs> no too fat alright it's not violent enough he's too fat no. <laughs> can we add Wardlow to the group yes no Fucking, no that's the next match on here too he needs to stay on his own dude he don't need a group so a couple weeks ago we didn't realize Wardlow could cut a promo this week, I didn't realize he spent time in AAA or something. Fucking fucking head scissors? Dude, what the right shit? Off the bat. He, uh, and then he did the, like, the fucking flip over, turn around, spear into the fucking turnbuckle. I was like, what the? Who the fuck? What kind of coffee did he drink? Yeah, dude. I don't know, man. He's moving quick as shit. I wasn't a Wardlow fan at first, but like he's slowly making me off of this shit, man. I like him it's more than surprises. I, I like him more now that he doesn't have music. Yeah, dude, and that's that's harsh too, right? They comes out to the ring handcuffed, no music. The handcuffs shit's black. dumb because they, they keep taking long. Okuja's wrists are too big; I can't get the handcuffs <laughs> off. There's like twenty people down there trying to get handcuffs off of him. But like, <clears throat> like the, he needs different music for when he come, when he does get music back. Hopefully, he's like, well, MJF owned that music, so I got better music now. Rawr. But like, he don't need it. I don't feel like. He could just come out and people could just be screaming at him the whole time and he could get in the ring and fucking just do what he does without music and it'd be just as good, maybe better. I, I mean, they've got me locked. I got to see what's next for Wardlow. Motherfucker's a beast right now. They build it right, man. Him and MJF could fucking build off each other for years and years and years and make AEW a huge company, but if MJF takes off and they don't do it right, I mean... Who do you WWE's think? got interest in Wardlow, too. Who do you think is his mystery opponent coming up? I mean, everything points to Morrissey. It ain't going to be fucking Enzo. What be, the fuck would the point of that be? Wait, be, it'd be, oh yeah, he fucking stands gonna, dick height to fucking Wardlow. It's going to be Enzo. <laughs> We're bringing in the big man. Uh, Cass was just on uh, oral sessions with fucking John Moxley's wife. Renee Paquette. So, I mean, he didn't necessarily say he was coming to AEW. He's like, I'm open to all options when it comes to wrestling. Do, 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 do. Which, and who, who likes to swing the door more than impact in AEW, right? <laughs> If, wasn't if that, Morrissey, wasn't that door dude, closed? The only, if it's Morrissey, the only way it's exciting is if Enzo comes out to, for uh, 
for him to get the W, you know? Cheats to win. And Enzo cuts promo. Ain't gonna happen, dude. Morrissey's like a good guy. He doesn't have to fucking cheat to win. He's a big motherfucker that can wrestle. Morrissey's a drunk asshole and ain't jack shit without Enzo. I think he's I, changed he's his life. Just a hired <laughs> gun, kind of. I don't know that he is a good guy. I think he's a, a kind of a heel, right? No, he, he had the face turn when him and Moves. I I mean, I thought when they were trying to make people were booing him and shit. I don't know. I haven't watched it. <laughs> All right, I mean, what? Maybe, maybe he's gonna do the turn on. Last AEW. time I seen Morrissey was at. But when you say, house. and you can't teach that, there's only two people that he revolves around, and one of them's in an MLW. Kind Technically of. three, but one's in WWE. Carmella, really? She can come out and boob him to death. You of all people, dude, fucking <laughs> gotta respect Carmella's fucking presence. <laughs> to in... wrestle Wardlow. <laughs> Why'd you have to say boob him to death? <laughs> boob him to death. Fucking... <laughs> this is Miss Kitty. Actually, they call me <laughs> Pretty Kitty. What's she gonna do? Boob him to death? <laughs> fucking. This is the chewer. He's the same height pretty well as Wardlow. Body build wise, he's pretty close. Maybe bigger. I think he's bigger. Um, it's the only what you know other motherfuckers. He's like seven foot. And fucking Impact probably owes AEW some kind of shit anyway. <laughs> That's why the Jay White's over. Cherry picking your guys because you owe us. <laughs> kept you on TV during the pandemic. Well, anyway, Wardlow beats Lance Archer. Uh, then you have the Jericho Appreciation Society, and I'm just going to call them they out. They did. Like, AEW let Impact guys come to their show regular during the pandemic. They kept them on TV. So I mean, they should be allowed to take their guys and use them whenever the fuck they feel like. Impact had a show during you the pandemic, us. though, motherfucker. They owe, they owe them. Yeah, I watched it. I had an, Morrissey, I had I had access TV back then. Morrissey probably ain't getting six figures and fucking. He's probably getting like more like one and a half figures. Nah, but he and gets a six couple free hot dogs and some un, un, un fucking non alcoholic beer. He at least gets six figures at the top of Impact. Nah. Right, Jericho Appreciation Society and LAX 2.0. <laughs> That's what I'm gonna call him. I thought for sure Hernandez and Homicide or somebody were gonna show up and help them this week. They're gonna they're gonna show up for blood and guts. Well, fucking what's his name made the reference that oh, there's five of them and only three of them when they all got in the ring together. I was like, ooh, that means that like Hernandez and Homicide are gonna come out from underneath the ring or they're gonna turn the lights off and turn them back on. They're just gonna be there. I thought they don't like each other. I mean, not they don't like. I don't think Hernandez... Me and you might not like each other, but guess what? If they pay us enough, we're going to be in the same room. <laughs> I don't think Hernandez and uh, Pride and Power... I think that the reason the whole LAX, LAX thing went down is because they didn't like each other. Kind of, but it was also storyline. Did you know Did you know also that fucking Conan's not a Mexican? He's Cuban. Right. Isn't that the biggest work of all? <laughs> Just found that out today from Jake Roberts, and I was like, are you fucking serious? <laughs> motherfucker's had me for years. Really, he's from Miami. Either way, he's... <laughs> Cuban B. I think the first time I remember seeing Conan, I mean WCW. Max Moon. That was WWF though. That's. Well, no, I'm saying that I actually remember him. He was the United States champion at Bash at the Beach. That's like the first time I really remember. He. Uh, I don't think I even noticed Conan until he was in the NWO. Yeah, he was the United States champion at Bash at the Beach when. Uh, Hogan dropped a leg. <laughs> oh, was he on that show? Yeah. I don't remember anything from that show other and than honestly, Hogan I think he wrestled I think man. he wrestles Ric Flair for the United States title. Oh, you know what? That is right. On that Bash of the Beach, yeah. Yeah. 
That's probably the big, talk- that's probably the biggest match he ever had in WCW. That part is this is how no, this is how the animals dog. This is how exciting the Jericho Appreciation Society is. We're talking about fucking 1996 Bash at the Beach. That's probably <laughs> in Conan's fucking WCW career. That one-on-one match with Ric Flair for the title, w, United States title, is probably the biggest match Conan ever had. No way. The fuck Not it was. He wasn't even a known wrestler. Singles match-wise. He was the champ. Dude, he wrestled everybody. What do you mean? Singles match-wise. had some fucking killin', killer matches. Him and Lex Luger had some decent matches. Rick Flair. It was Ric Flair, dude. Uh, him he, and Disco had a shitload of good matches. Fucking Lex Luger, and he was like Wolfpack fucking Conan. Didn't give a fuck, dude. <laughs> Tequila Sunrise, every that's, other move. That's the fucking most popular he ever was, was NWO. But I'm saying his personal life-wise biggest match he ever had was probably that United States title match at WCW Bassett Beach. What other title match, singles title matches can you think off the top of your head that Conan had with great fucking professional wrestlers like Ric Flair? He wasn't even popular, though, at the time. Like, that was, was a throwaway fucking match. You think his favorite match of his career is a throwaway match before... I'm not saying it's his favorite match, but I'm saying it's probably the yeah, biggest the... match of his career. Yeah, he had quite a few runs with the television title. Especially in WCW. There's nobody that remembers that. And the whole show was fucking about Hogan dropping the leg. Well, yeah, obviously. Actually, NWO the very... Like actually, the, the NWO very... outshined all of 1996, dude. Nobody remembers <laughs> anything except for NWO in 96. Actually, the very first match of Bastards of the Beach is uh, Rey Mysterio and Psychosis, and it's a hell of a match. Well, I don't know nothing about that, but but I just mean in general. I would say that's Conan and to they, me, and in they, my mind especially. <laughs> that's when they bring in Mike Tanay, too, because they're like, we don't know anything about luchador wrestling, so... <laughs> You're going to say Lex Luger's a bigger name than Ric Flair, too, over there? Come on, bro. About the same. They're in the especially same. When fucking... Conan, especially when Conan no, was, like, no, no, at no. his best. Conan and fucking Booker T for the fucking TV titles was the shit. Especially when, in, like, 96, 97, I would say when Conan was at his, like, probably after that. Like, right after that, he quit trying. He went to the NWO. Hip no problems, way. back problems, whatever the fuck. No he quit, way, like, dude. after 96, 97, His tag team trying. matches with fucking Rey Mysterio Tag and team shit. matches, you don't got to wrestle a whole match and lean on your partner. They were way better, is all I'm saying. Right, because he didn't have to wrestle the whole match. <laughs> His shit so, with, with, as a singles wrestler in, like, early WWF is Max Moon, early WCW. I think he had a little ECW shit he did. And it was really good. And then for whatever reason, in like 98, he was just like, fuck it, I'm taking checks. He was not, motherfucker. He was putting yeah. on the top of his career then. He, no, he wasn't. Coming out with music fucking videos and fucking him and Rey Mysterio and fucking Kidman. So he didn't have to wrestle. He was promoting other No, guys. motherfucker. He had the fucking Tequila Sunrise and the rolling fucking clothesline and all that shit. They were yeah, good no, fucking I've matches. i seen it all, but he sat out a good amount of that with shoulder and back and hip injuries and shit. All right, I'm going to get you back to AEW. Pretty much the Jericho Appreciation Society thing was just fucking... A fireball in yeah, the face? Yeah, them throwing a fireball. But it was a good-looking fireball, though. It was... Yeah. Jericho looked like he pulled it out of his pocket and gave it to him. <laughs> so he did Liu Kang's... Uh, I'm just saying, notoriously, we watched a fireball from Mick Foley Undertaker earlier, and it looked pretty good when they paused it. If you were alive in the crowd, it probably was like a foot away from Taker's face, really. But it's better Hogan Warrior. I was going to say, <laughs> you know, you just said that earlier that, you know, the fireball thing's been done to the, the wheels have fallen off before, but like only a few times. I mean, it's that's been what Jericho's doing. Huh? Really good, I guess. And that could be too, because it's make, they're making fun of sports Ultra, entertainment yeah. right now. Um, I thought it was cool. Well done. You didn't, I mean, you knew they were doing something because you could see Jericho was like holding his face, but I think it would have been a lot cooler if they would have like cut his face, like pretend like they cut his face. Cause that's what gang people do. They buck 50 across your face. <laughs> and as much shit as Eddie Kingston talks about being gang and life and all that bullshit, 
they would have like cut his face or something. That would make that cool, shit was a little extreme. The fireball put it to the face was. What do you mean extreme? Wheeler, you was fucking splurting blood. Fucking. No, I'm talking about Eddie Kingston's gang shit when he was. In oh promo, yeah, yeah, like smacking Jericho's fucking right. Hit me in something where I come from. Yeah. Smacking the microphone out of his hand. And You'll shit. be the one in the ground. I think that made Jericho mad when he smacked the mic out of his hand in real life. <laughs> he looked like he had a little was, bit of a It was cool, on his though, face. the fear the fear he had on his face. He's like, get a mic. There is no mic. There ain't no more mics <laughs> around, is there? That was kind of funny. I could see the fear in your face. And like you actually could, like, oh. And Jericho was like, <laughs> and he walked away and shit, like, you motherfucker. Full of my plans. <laughs> <laughs> she did it. You did or I can't talk right now. Realized about the same time that Vince McMahon's like, you guys can't use your real names, is when Jericho put out the thing of, we don't use real names around here. You got Matt Menard. <laughs> you got Angelo Parker. It's like, so you're going to use your real name? Because your real name's not Chris Jericho. <laughs> the people around him keep getting more and more cartoonish every single week, too. I know. They're sports entertainers. It's something. I don't, I mean, this is the longest it's taken him to get something over. If it is going to get over, because I don't think it is. I ain't feeling it right now. I mean, neither. Not yet. Moving on, you have the Philly street fight between Hikaru Ishida and Serena Deeb. Pretty sure Serena Deeb's your uh, new number one contender will go for the championship at uh, double or nothing against Thunder Rosa. She's she's the one that won, and she's actually the number one contender, I think, on the rankings. Now I'm going right after that real quick. This whole rankings bullshit with AEW. <laughs> How in the fuck is CM Punk now the number one contender up this week? Which, yes, he is up. But that list that came out last week when Moxley came to the ring, Moxley was ranked number one. And on that list that they just put out, Moxley's up from wherever he was at number three. I mean, do they have rules to the ranking system? No, but how the you, you can't go from number one to number three. I mean, maybe he just. Well, no, I'm saying you can't be up, going from number one to number three. That would be down. Like I think they fucked up somewhere along the lines. Have you uh, seen how Tony Khan acts when he comes out to the ring? Yeah, I think his ranking <laughs> system ranking is system. how he decides how he feels when he gets up in the morning. Also, uh, John Moxley and Brian Danielson are in the top five for tag teams, so. You can just have the Blackpool Combat Club take the tag team titles right off of Jurassic Express. Man, I kind of hope somebody beats Jurassic Express for it first because... Because Tony Khan doesn't know how to have heels as champ or have faces as champions. Blackpool Combat Club comes and beats him. That's kind of the end of him. Probably. When you look at all the title reigns... Especially since Luchasaurus Rex there fucking roared at somebody this week. When you look at the recent title reigns, Hangman's is boring. He's a face. Jurassic Express is boring. He's Hangman's a face. Hangman's is boring because he's boring. <laughs> Thunder Roses is probably going to be boring because she's a face. I don't think Jurassic Express is boring because they're boring. I think they just don't know how to get them guys over now that they've got the titles. They were over before that. But I don't think yeah. they know how to keep them on the roller coaster. You know what I'm saying? They AEW doesn't. They defending titles. Right. Yeah. As far as writing for them to keep them over. Like, yeah, now we've got them there and the people love it. But how do you keep them loving as we go on? They haven't figured that out yet. Have them lose it and chase it again? Yeah, they, they, then what? there's no title run. There's you, Most of the time... Tag team wins the title. They got it for a month or two, so they gotta let them have it for. Look how long they let fucking. They've had it for a minute. Not that long. Look how long they let the Lucha Bros had it. Felt held it for saying. fucking what, like six months, seven months, maybe longer than when that. When did uh, Drax is like had it from September yeah. till what February? Jurassic Express 
It's been a couple months. September till like February. They want it in like that. Was it the pay per view we watched in February? They wanted out. I think. Yeah. So like from like September all the way to February. So. That's what I'm saying. Ain't it been that long for Jurassic Express? No. It's been February, March, about two and a half months, and they haven't even defended the titles maybe once. No, tomorrow's May. Right. That's fourth month. You can't think about wrestling like that because it's every Wednesday. (laughs) Uh, it's been like three months. So technically, coming this week, it'll be like their three-month title hold, and they have, and they are defending it coming up. Correct. I don't know. Tony doesn't know what he's booking half the time. I would assume with the pay-per-view in May, they're going to defend it, or in the next yeah, couple how do you have weeks. The best tag teams in the world, and claim that you're going to book the tag teams the best, but then don't. I would say in the next couple weeks they'll defend it on Rampage or Dynamite, or it'll have to be at the pay-per-view coming up, and maybe at this pay-per-view they'll lose it. I don't think they got the claim to be in the tag team company no more. And Christian's kind of changing a little bit on him, too, it seems like. Was he turning heel a little bit? That's what I feel like to me. But then he was like, Jack, you put that title on your shoulder. And fucking made him, like, he was looking down all sad and shit. And the promo was like, you need to put that title on your shoulder and carry it like a champion because you are a champion. And I was like, oh, maybe he's just trying to be inspirational or something. (laughs) But then I feel like Christian's going to join Team Taz for no reason whatsoever. (laughs) And they're not going to explain it at all because Tony's a wild man. Is there even Team Taz anymore? Come on now. <coughs> I would think that Taz would drop the fucking Ricky Starks and Hobbs. and Oh, that that's who they're wrestling. Ricky Starks and Will Hobbs for the tag team titles oh, this right. next Wednesday or Friday. I can't remember. They're not going to win. You know what I mean? But they got to wrestle for them titles. Why don't you have them win? Shake shit up. Fucking Ricky Starks and Will Hobbs. And Ricky Starks at least has shakes, a belt that at already least shake something up. Nah, that ain't going to happen. No, they can't lose those two motherfuckers. Right. They're not even a technical tag team. I don't. They're feel team like. Taz. They're team assassins. If they lose to anybody, it's going to either be Blackpool Combat Club or Undisputed Era. I would FTR. say Undisputed, or maybe the Bucks, or maybe FTR. Could be the Bucks because they're trying to do this whole. Oh, they're fucking after the tag team match. You know, they're damn young Bucks are back and baby. Well, moving on. You, you know. got the undisputed. You got the undisputed elite taking on. We can just call them jobbers. You got. You got Brian Pillman Jr. You got Griff Garrison. You got Dante Martin right now because his tag team partner's uh, injury prone. It's called Brian Pillman Jr. a jobber. I don't know what I'd say that, but I'd say it's all guys that are fucking in that Lee flounder, have a chance. floundering around at the bottom of the fishbowl with nothing to do. You got Lee Johnson, Brock Anderson. It's all your like elevation fucking superstars. Like the dudes uh, who always went on elevation are guaranteed they're going to lose on fucking the main show. It's Tony Khan's jobbers. I guess. Dude, Lee Johnson started his career like 0-40 on (laughs) fucking Dark. I know I've watched it a long time. Ain't he a coach more than he is a wrestler, though? Not really. Who am I? No, I'm talking. I'm thinking of Sean Dean. Yeah. What a coach, captain. I I didn't get to watch this match. Was it badass? Was Bobby Fish the shit on it? (laughs) I was drunk and fast forwarded. Oh, you're talking about. I thought you were talking about this. I'm trying to see who's wrestling. Like, we got WWF in South Africa right now, so. What the fuck, dog? Right. Broke my, I think I broke my phone. <laughs> Even the dog came out here like, what the fuck is going on out here right now? I dropped my phone, my bad. Okay. <laughs> it looked like you threw it down. like, fuck this well, shit. Well, no. I was like, <laughs> Let's put it on the table, and I missed the table. Yeah. <laughs> well, you guys talk about this five, ten-man tag match. I need a beer. <laughs> yeah, you do. It's going to throw your phone down like that. Well, uh, you know, <laughs> Undisputed Era came out. 
or Undisputed Elite came out with some fucking all new sweet t-shirts that they had to make sure they showed off to the Did crowd they? as they walked out to me. It just says Undisputed Elite on it. It's like red and black. Um, and then uh, they came out and did their little Undisputed Era shtick where they all do their punches and kicks and Adam Cole does his Adam Cole, baby. And then the fucking Young Bucks music hit. They came out to their super kick thing with their little Macho Man outfits on. They all got in the ring and they all did their pose together. And then the other people didn't even get a ring entrance. They were just already in the ring waiting. Dante Martin, all them guys. They would have took way too long for all them cats to come out. <laughs> fucking. And there's no point in it, like having Lee Johnson and all them guys come out to there because they're fucking usually there. Most of those guys' ring entrances are terrible. Did anyway. they even get any offense? A little bit, yeah. But it was mostly just to put over those guys because of the pay-per-view coming up in the fucking the end of June. Uh, it was, they weren't, I mean, it's Dante Martin. He did his flippy shit. Uh, but the rest of them, I mean, it was just basically them beating ass for five or six minutes. But there were some cool, neat little fucking indie moves that they do because they always do them. Especially Bobby uh, Fish and Kyle O'Reilly. You know, they did the BTE trigger. Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish did their fucking, uh, the Over move under. that the, pit, the pit bulls used to do that move. You know, they basically stole their special move and they do it now. <laughs> Um, I don't know what exactly they call it. I'm sure there's a name for it, but I'm not sure what they call I'll it. I have to call it the over-under. It, no, it might be. I'm I'm not sure if they have a name. We'll have to ask fucking uh, the Warlock here in a second when he comes back. <laughs> hey, what's, uh, what's Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly's finishing move called? That high-low thing? I don't yeah. remember. There's a, there's a name for it, but I don't. There's another name other than high-low or whatever, but I can't think of what it is. Uh, and then, you know, Adam Cole did his shit, because that's what Adam Cole does. The knee fucking thing? Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, that's the boom. And then, uh, when he takes the knee pad down, he's lowering the boom. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it is true. And, you know, even for fucking uh, not being able to beat Hangman for whatever reason, uh, the crowd's still right there with Adam yeah, Cole as he came out, man. Godwins? Yeah. Henry uh, O and... Uh, Bobby Phineas. Bobby Phineas. Fish and Kyle O'Reilly's finishing move, according to this, is called Chasing the Dragon. Chasing the Dragon. Oh, yeah, that's what that's it's called. What it that's what it's called. Um, but, uh, but yeah, they basically all got their shit in. Uh, Dante Martin got to showcase his shit just a little bit, and the rest of the team got basically beat around the ring for a little while. Did uh, uh, Brock Anderson do a... Oh, what's her name? Still running the gimmick with the eye, too. She's the House of Black, being controlled by the House of Black secretly. Julia Hart. Yeah, Julia Hart. She had the eyes sitting there by herself, not looking at anybody, all sad and shit. Eventually, that's got to, like, the rest of that story's got to get played out, right? Dude, they still have Kip Sabian wearing a fucking box on his head in the stands a year and a half later. That's who that fucking guy was? Yeah, it's Kip Uh, Sabian. Okay. I was really worried about that shit for a minute. I was like, is this cat just going to jump out of the crowd and pull some shit? (laughs) See, he was really, like, hovering on CM Punk for a minute when he was cutting his promo at the beginning of the show. And I was like... What's this motherfucker doing right now? And I was like, see, I thought it was MJF for a minute underneath and out underneath because he had the suit and like a little scarf on or something. But he didn't. And then and CM Punk just cut a sweet promo and then and then left. But then you had your main event, the TNT Championship match, ladder. That's where same match. That's where CM Punk be doing though. He'd be cutting good promos. <laughs> uh, Sammy Guevara defending the title against Scorpio Sky. Didn't he he tweet, tweet something about like it's over or something? There's a bunch of pictures after he got hurt. How did he hurt himself? Like what did he? Hurt? He tried to do a three or a six thirty phoenix splash off the top of the ladder and fucking slipped. Yeah, and fell on his neck. 
It was I a mean, wicked crash. It was a bad, real bad bump. Because you yeah. could you could see during the match, like Scorpio Sky's like, I'm supposed to do this right now, but I think Sammy's actually really fucked up, so I don't know what I'm supposed yeah. to do. He did some other shit later on that was way high high risk off the ladder, though, and then it was like, did he really get hurt that bad? Because he was still doing fucking yeah, because jump, then jump. It, yeah, like, because then it goes into the he went picture. To do- they took it to picture in picture or whatever, and they were off TV for like two minutes, just in the little screen, and like Sammy's selling it like he's actually, I mean, he probably is really fucking hurt. I, yeah, he was hurt. He but was, then they come he back. Winded, he was winded at least. But then they come back and he fucking does the cutter off the ladder. Well, he got well, got reversed or whatever. But yeah, he set that ladder up and was like, he like had it sitting one way and it was too wobbly. And he was like, nah, I ain't doing that shit again. So he spun the ladder around the other way and it wasn't as wobbly. And he hopped on the top of it real quick and then like jumped off of it. And Scorpio Sky jumped up in midair and reversed it into like a diamond cutter basically and fucking hit him with the cutter and then climbed back up the ladder. And then I think. Did he get back up on the ladder with him again after that? Yeah, no, and then the he one knocked point... him into the barbed wire ladder, in which yeah. he took. Oh, like he, like when he hit the barbed wire ladder, he did like a flop off of it and hit the fucking mat real weird too. After he flopped off the ladder, and then kind of sold that shit, kind of strange. And then was did did Ty Conti get in the ring after that? I think maybe. Yeah, and she hit Scorpio Sky. That's what it was, yeah. and then. Um, uh, Paige Van, Paige Van Zandt came down and they put on a bad punch fest in the middle of the ring with each other. No, <laughs> and no and selling one... each other's punches like a motherfucker just holding each other by the hair. And, then, each it, other. and then at one point, Sammy's climbing the ladder with Paige on his back. Yeah. And Ty's or Ty was on Scorpio's back yeah. and Paige was on Sammy's back there. And they got to the top of the ladder and the girls were then to punch, no selling the punches in each other's face. And then eventually they both like slid down their backs and landed on the mat and like fell on the mat and like old lady rolled out of the ring. And then uh, after that, you think when Sammy and Ty Scorpio Conti... did something to co- to Sammy off the top, and then I think he pulled the belt and won it after that. I think. I think so. Do you think when uh, Sammy and Ty Conti break up, he's going to go back to the Jericho Appreciation Society? I don't know, man. I, I think like he's too big for Jericho now. X Pac and China vibes there. I mean, he was he wasn't a minute too big, but. Yeah, maybe he was. Ty you know Conti who? Too much. If they did Sammy right and all that, they could. He could be like Chris Adams and the and Baby Doll. They could be just as hateable as those two. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Ty, Ty Conti's got that like voice. I kinda. think. I mean, they're trying to be fucking faces though, ain't they? Or uh, what was the dude who was with Chris Adams? Uh, the Chachi motherfucker that died. Uh, Dino Bra- not Dino Bravo. Uh, uh, you know what I'm talking about though. Spanish guy that it was maybe Cuban. I'm not sure. <laughs> Conan? Nah, they did the Dark Side of Ring about him. <laughs> yeah, uh, something Richie Richard. No, uh, beautiful. Uh, beautiful. He's in WCCW. Or Gor- Not Gorge- w- yeah. Gor- Gorgeous George, right? No, no. he's a Spanish no. guy. But he died of cocaine overdose. Basically, it's Paul Bosch's supposed son is a younger wrestler. Oh, Gino Hernandez. Gino Hernandez. Jesus. And they could. Fuck. They fucking. That's George- Gorgeous Gino or whatever. If they, I just fucked up the name. My bad. If if they did Sammy right, he could be just as bad as Chris Adams or 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 Gino and and have Baby Doll with Baby Doll slash Ty Conti and be just as fucking hateable. You know what I mean? They're they trying to be faces. Though, put ain't them they? in. I don't know. I don't all think right. so at this point. They already realized they fucked that up. They could put them in the fast car and do all the vignettes of them drinking wine and being better than everybody else and shit. <laughs> it could, dude, it's they're obviously hateable already as not even heels. So if I can do that with them and have it show that show that in everybody's face, I think it'd be fucking great TV. I do, and it'd just make people fucking pissed every week, and they'd tune in and just be mad as fuck every week. Like, look at Sammy, and that's just people hating because he's doing better than they are. You can ask like that to come home too, ain't nobody gonna be mad. 
They're the new Cody and Brandy. Only people that are going to be mad are people that don't have an ass like that. <laughs> the new Cody and Brandy. I don't know about that. I don't think Sammy's out <laughs> to try and save racism or whatever. But. Well, no, I'm just saying that's, <laughs> that's, that's the new that's the new AEW couple. And racism. I'm sorry. Not save, to save racism. I mean, end it. But uh, <laughs> we have a brand new T- TNT champion, Scorpio Sky. Uh. I think it's kind of cool, to be honest with you, that the belt ain't staying around for just too long on anyone's bus. But also, also like I said, I feel like you're trying to Ric Flair it with Sammy Guevara, 16-time TNT champion. Ain't nobody going to beat me. Woo! He's four-time now? Three. 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 But, you know, he came out and cut that three-time TNT champion. And I was like, woo, it sounds like Ric Flair coming out going three-time WCW uh, you realize, champion. You realize Cody's three-time Was. TNT champion. Who's too. Cody? Cody who? Cody Rhodes. Nah, he wasn't in AEW as far as I know. I don't see him no, in no. any promo packages. I don't remember hearing his name called in the last three or four <laughs> weeks. I ain't heard his music. What's a Rhodes? I ain't never heard of a Rhodes. Yeah, you have. His name's Dustin. The only Rhodes I know is the ones you take to go to the ain't TV even, show. Ain't even he Dustin Reynolds in that? No, he's, nah, Dustin, he's Dustin Rhodes. Rhodes but he's he the natural. He got beat up in Sinan. He's about to show back up in WWE as Gold Dust. You think so? Yeah. What the? F- yeah. Get his fucking Hall of Fame ring. It fucking he'll show up about Survivor Series. They're gonna need some extras for Cody's team. Team Team Cody versus Team Rollins. No Team Roman. I mean, technically, they still really haven't. Funny how we're talking about. Funny how we're talking about Dustin, and he just shows up on TV. Dustin versus Cody at WrestleMania. There's gold. There's gold dust taking a pedigree. I I hope they don't do that at all. It better be. Cody versus Roman, and then Cody wins. The next night he comes on Raw and fucking just like he brought the white IC title back, he needs to bring the white eagle belt back and fucking or not the white belt, but bring the fucking two winged eagle belt back and be like, look, one title, one champion. <laughs> fucking Cody Rhodes, let's go. And then Brock Lesnar comes out and fifteen times. Or well, fucking you hear you hear the glass break. crushes him in ten minutes or, or ten the, seconds. You hear the glass break and Stone Cold comes out. Corden Booker T. He's gonna be the new Undertaker. Comes back at once a year. I don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs> or maybe by that time you hear Triple H's music. Dude, dun dun. It's time to play the game. And Triple H is like, I got a new heart. I can wrestle. Bra. You may and then he pedigrees Cody in the middle of the ring, and then we have a year long shit. Triple H no, versus I'm pretty Cody. Sure Triple H. Okay. Triple H is gonna be like, you remember when you destroyed my chair? Triple H. Now I'm gonna destroy your career. You're gonna lose to me for six months. I could see him cutting a promo and smashing like the fucking symbol that he has tattooed on his neck or something. No, Triple H will be like, <laughs> Triple H will come out and cut a skating promo and be like, but I can't wrestle you because my heart. But I got this hand pit cat, and it'll be like Fury. the most one of the it's most gonna terrible. Bron, it's gonna be Braun Breaker, the young version of Drew McIntyre who can't wrestle real well and sounds real funny. <laughs> Right, Darby Allen took on uh, Swerve on Rampage qualifier for the uh, Owen Hart Cup. Darby Allen's in the tournament. I'm kind of happy about that. Yeah. I, I, Ricky Starks came down and screwed over Swerve. I'm not. I haven't been sold. I, which I wish they wouldn't have done that shit. But I'm not sold on Swerve yet. I never was sold on him on NXT. But yeah, you can fucking rap a little Did bit Sting when someone writes fall some off anything. No, I didn't think Sting was there. Was he? Sting was there. Did he fall off anything? He chased Ricky out, but it was already too late. Did nah. have, the did shenanigans. On? Did he have what? Did he have dad shoes and a sweater on? I don't know. I don't remember. The shenanigans to help with the, that. I don't. They need to quit with that think, shit for the rest of the tournament. Otherwise, I'm not going to be very happy with the way things are going. I think Sting. Uh, Sting was just wearing his normal Sting shit. I'm ready for a Sting Tope Suicida. You never know. We got a pay per view coming up at the end of May. <laughs> Why ain't Sting in the tournament for the Owen Hart Cup? 
Sting never ever wrestled at Owen Hart, did he? Well, neither did any of these fucking guys that are in the match. <laughs> Jeff. Not a fucking one Jeff of them. Jeff Hardy. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Yeah, the jobber. He ain't in it yet, though. That's true. He could lose. He probably he will. He is going to lose the Bobby Fish. Come on. I hope so. Send his ass back to home. And he, <laughs> then you had the debut of the baddies. Trios tag match. What? You had Jay Cargill. Jay Cargill Red, and her baddies, homie. Red Velvet and Here they Kira are. Hogan. Booty hoo. I think Kira Hogan. <laughs> I think more Kira Hogan's booty hangs out than Becky Tucci making noise. <laughs> Taking on jobbers. It was a uh, Trisha Door, jobbers, Sky Blue, and uh, Willow Nightingale, which is real sad because she shouldn't be a jobber. Who the fuck is she? Uh. Shit, who did she wrestle a few weeks ago? Doesn't matter. Oh, she's the one that yeah, they had a pretty good match on Dynamite, right? Or yeah, like she should have she should have won the match and didn't something red or something or rose or actually shit, it was red velvet that red she wrestled. Velvet, yeah. It was oh, a terrible I liked her in that match. It was a terrible match of squash. Um a lot of them gotta step up now because you know uh Layla Hirsch went down with the injury. She's gonna be gone, so someone's gotta move up and take if that J- spot a little bit. Also, if Jade wants her hair to be purple or green, like money. Instead of uh, dyeing it or spray dyeing it so your forehead's green the entire time, just <laughs> fucking commit to your character and just dye your hair. Maybe she don't want it getting like, because you know that shit's bad for your fucking you scalp. You can't tell a black woman what to do with her hair. Bro. Right, that's true. That's true. I'm tired, <laughs> of seeing, I'm tired of seeing her green forehead. <laughs> or go back to your goddamn white hair. I think she's money. She's, no, she's I, not. She's wanna be Sasha Banks, like I said last week. She's money and I'm not mad at it at all. She's Goldberg. A little bit. And I'm kinda mad at Goldberg. For not cashing in like she does? <laughs> no. I mean, Even he, Daniel he Bryan said just that, the same. or Brian Danielson, I'm sorry. Even he said he wishes he could be Jade Cargill. So <laughs> seal of approval right She there. knows what she's doing. Right. Then you had Dan you had Dan Housing come out and call call out Hook. Well, I'm glad I didn't watch Rampage. Hook came out. Gets in Dan Housen's face. They both get attacked from behind by Tony Nese. Oh, they're a tag team now. <laughs> Wait, actually, who said that last week? Was it you? you <laughs> fucking piece of shit. Tired <laughs> crowd was chanting Hookhausen. Was it you? Hookhausen. He still fucked up. Well, he fucked up Tony Nese, and then he was about to fuck up Dan Housen and then just left the ring. Doggy's a lacrosse player. Come on. I don't want to see him with fucking Dan Housen, bro. <laughs> what the fuck is that shit? I don't want to see either one of them. It's fucking pathetic. <laughs> his curse is gonna be Hook fucking coming out. He's gonna start. He can't curse Hook, dog. No, Dan Hook no, is gonna he, start cursing people. Don't, and Hook's don't, gonna. Don't worry, he's already he's Hook's already cursed Tony Nese. No, Dan Housen's gonna start cursing people, and then when he does, Hook's gonna pop up from underneath the ring and fucking just start choking people out out of nowhere. See, now you took it that far. Watch, watch. <laughs> then, then one of your one of your ass boys jobbed out to Keith Lee, yeah. and then he's gonna just rip through the bottom of the mat, fucking Undertaker style, and fucking choke a motherfucker out. Yeah. And pour potato chips on and walk away. Don't say it's that. the source of his power. And the next Lay's potato chip commercial <laughs> you see are going to be power. fucking Hook eating potato chips with Dan Housen doing weird shit in the background. <laughs> it fucking makes me sick. How much did you pay for this human monies? <laughs> <laughs> makes me sick, dude. Then your ass boy jobbed out to Keith Lee in the next match. Colton Gunn took the loss. I like the Gun Club. It's his first singles loss. Then the acclaim said scissor on tv about 12 times like i told you, you they were undefeated the too by the way then they just lose though right right and you motherfuckers argued with me that they were not undefeated and i told you as <laughs> yeah, a tag team they bullshit. were undefeated 
as a trios tag team. As a trios tag team. That's what I was saying. You motherfuckers are like, no, no, no. Like, the two lost. of them's lost. The two of them, yeah. Again, don't and count. I said all three of them together had not he been shows undefeated. Age, yeah, no, 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 no. And then they come out for a trios tag team match. Undefeated as it did. And I fucking boldly said it. And I was like, oh, I got to let these motherfuckers know. <laughs> I was we were, right the but, whole time. But no, we were talking about them being in the tag no, team. I, I acknowledge that. Because tag you team, they have already lost. Because you don't, you don't, igno- triple, you, don't uh, you don't acknowledge the Freebird rule. So triples tag. It ain't the Freebird rule. Fucking Freebirds weren't in fucking goddamn AEW. It's trios. <sighs> Three people. Fucker. Come on, trios. I'm not even having this argument with you no more. Right. Come on, it's interesting. It's called trios, not called Freebird. It's a Freebird rule. No, Motherfucker, it's always not, been around since the invention of wrestling. You can't fucking. It's not when it's a division. <laughs> A freebird rule is to... It's not a division. There ain't no belts. That's what we talked about the last time. If they call it a fucking trios match, it is obviously a fucking goddamn... They didn't call it a freebird. They didn't call it it a freebird match, and a trios match is for trios tag You're a hypocrite, and you know it. No, I'm not. You do realize that a lot of... There is a fucking technical difference. There's a technical difference. Everyone decides to look over. You do realize a lot of the tag team... The freebird rule means that they can interchange anybody they want at any time for a one-two-people tag team match. And if you watch dark, and they do that. if you watch just three people all at one time, but if you watch, but if you watched dark, Billy Colton and Austin all interchange with each other, and they have lost as that as that tag team. Yeah, but they were as three <laughs> people <laughs> as three people together. They had not lost until that point. Yeah, and they only had lost they one. They wrestled like they twice only... before. Made my point, didn't I? But no, their tag team match where they lost to Jurassic Express was the first tag team match they lost too. Yeah, I said that. But the but entire as a time, trio, but the entire time on Dark, they used the Freebird rule to get that tag team record. Dark doesn't matter. Yes, no it does. That's how they built. No one your, watches it. Your fucking girl, DMD, no made her dark. record to get the title shot by beating 12 fucking jobbers on Dark. Right. Well, so I'm sure Jade beat a few people. I'm sure Kenny's beat a few people on Dark. I'm sure a lot Kenny of Omega's had one match on Dark. And he won, didn't he? Yes. Okay. Well, Because he was go. fighting one of his kids from DDT. Well, see, one of his kids. <laughs> uh, what was it? Chinese girl? Was it? It's probably the Invisible Boy. No, it was uh, <laughs> or the blow up doll. Was it Konosuke? See, nobody that matters. Shibita. Right. Too long of a name in wrestling. Whew. Never get over kid. <laughs> <laughs> then in the okay, main event, you had the Ring of Honor Television Championship on the line. You couldn't even put it on a fucking sign and bring it to a wrestling show. <laughs> hey, could you hold half my sign so I can put it up for this guy? I don't like that guy. Please. <laughs> You might see him in St. Louis. I hope the fuck not. <laughs> but no, uh, yeah, Trent Beretta taking on Samoa Joe for the Ring of Honor television title. Samoa Joe retains. Show ends with uh, Jay Lethal. That was it, Sanjay fucking whatever. Dutt. It's two T's. <laughs> Wait, but no, Sanjay Dutt and then. Sweet Singh or. Uh, who's the big motherfucker? Saba, Saba Singh. Saba Singh. Is that his name? I, I think it's Saba. Saba. Sodom. I thought it was Saba. S A B B A. damn it. I think it's Sodom. I think it's Sodom. That sad damn Singh. Wrestling basketball player. Sad damn Singh. Come out and squeeze some Mojo's head. Sodom. S A T N A M. Satnam Singh Harmara. We ain't saying no Harmara. That ain't part of his name in wrestling. Oh. 
Indian professional wrestler and former basketball player is currently signed all elite. <laughs> Triple H was beating up Road Dog in the corner and he started dancing and then hulked up on him. Now he's beating up Triple H. Yeah. This is 1997. That's, that's all I got. Main main course. So we doing your jobber thing. And I think Dick I, ha- don't doesn't Dick a, have a list too? He had a top ten, yeah. Go. Oh. <laughs> so uh Anyway, it's always fun to do a little fantasy booking every now and then. This top ten is uh, it's titled Ten Wrestlers Who Should Should Have Joined These Legendary Stables. So number ten is Eddie Guerrero should have joined the New World Order. The timing of it being the New World becoming the hottest act in wrestling saw the group taking over every area of WCW. Six, a.k.a. Sean Waltman, represented the NWO in the Cruiserweight division for a few months, but his injury and eventual firing ended it quickly. Eddie Guerrero turning heel around that same time frame saw him becoming the heel, the best heel in the Cruiserweight division. The sinister persona and heel intensity of Eddie Guerrero would have made him a great asset to the New World Order and helped him ascend faster. They already had LWO. Well, I mean, that was months after that that the L. I mean, that was a while could, after that that the LW. You could only formed. you could only have one Hispanic, and they already had Conan. I don't think they had Conan at that point. I'm Conan, talking about Conan didn't come to when it was just the uh, four of them: Hogan, Nash, Hall, and uh, Six. And then Six got injured, broke his neck and shit, and they fired him. And fucking, I tell you what, what was Eddie one, Guerrero should have just been a shoe in right there. Eddie Guerrero was good at cutting angry promos. He'd have been probably a really good fucking guy that could have put on a mic and put out in front of the NWO to cut some, you know, just to get. He, he'd have been a bigger star a year before he was even a halfway big star that got set with that glass ceiling. Probably would have helped him get along. He'd have definitely been more over than Buff Bagwell eventually. You never know, though. They exploded the NWO. Maybe they offered it to him, and he said no, too, though. That's true. That's one thing we'll never know because Eddie's not here anymore, you know. But maybe they didn't at the same time. I'm just going to go against it because we never would have got the sweet LWO shirts. (laughs) That's number 10 on this list. This list is kind of interesting. (laughs) Right. Uh, Number nine is Paige should have joined the Wyatt family. WWE fans had high hopes for a wrestler playing the Sister Abigail character when the Wyatt family mentioned such a character. Paige was a popular name fans created speculation about and hoped would play out one day. Bray Wyatt leading the original trio with the, with Eric Rowan and Luke Harper could have had space for the Sister Abigail character in an important role. WWE sometimes struggled to find the right character role for Paige, and the Wyatt family could have fixed that issue. I don't know about that. I think people just want to throw her in there because she's like a gothic person. Kind Dude, you could have just had you could have just together. had Braun Strowman debut as sister Abigail. That would have been <laughs> even more weirder. <laughs> that would have been sweet. It does sound like something Vince would do though. Like throw the weirdos together. So I all be in a group. Yeah, there's a group in 1998 called the Oddities. <laughs> <clears throat> so I mean, that could have been real interesting. Number eight, Flash Funk should have been in the Nation of Domination. I guess, but he was more Flash Funk. WWE yeah. primarily picked wrestlers of color to join the Nation of he Domination faction, given the nature of the group. Talents like D'Lo Brown, Mark Henry, The Godfather, and Savio Vega had the secondary roles behind the leaders Farouk and eventually The Rock. Flash Funk was among the most talented, underutilized wrestlers in the WWE of the new generation era after leaving ECW. The nation could have spotlighted his skill set and added a great talent to the faction. ECW showed the former Two Cold Scorpio could bring it in the ring and had a strong personality. Uh, I like Too Cold. Uh, He'd probably got more love. Are we, if watch, he joined are we watching Sabio Vega wrestle The Rock right now? 
Yeah, this it's is happened. Nation, isn't it? Or is this right mm, as this the is, Well, that's Rocky Maivia. Yeah, it's before The Rock became The Rock. A few months. This is just Savio and Farouk, right? No, there's, there's D'Lo. Savio's in The Nation at yeah. this point. Uh, see, what happened was the uh, Nation, the original Nation wasn't cutting it for Farouk, uh, so they had to make a change uh, after he lost at WrestleMania. So he kicked some people out and moved some people around, and uh, the, the uh, Clarence Mason character, gone. Uh, there was a couple other random kind of like bodyguard, bodyguard like D'Lo Brown was the only bodyguard. They had like four or five bodyguard cats that came out with them. They were all gone. D'Lo's the only one that stuck around. And then they started this shit with, with Ahmed Johnson. Uh, well, they, all, they started with Savio Vega, and then out of the blue he joined them. So it, it, I don't know. It was really very convoluted. It didn't make a lot of sense. And then they started on the shit with Ahmed, who would eventually also join them, and then get kicked out. And then The Rock joined them after that, and Mark Henry, and then it became. <coughs> I don't, really, for a stable that was only around for about two years, they did a fucking shitload, and it's not really remembered like that. Like, <laughs> for about two years, they were around, and they had a lot that's, of people. That's and, because their main feud was against DX, right? No, I mean, uh, Farouk uh, they feuded with Undertaker for a while as the leader of the nation. Um, Stone Cold Steve Austin they feuded with for a while. Uh, D, uh, DX was a small part of it, but that was when The Rock was in charge of it after Farouk was gone. Um, but I, I mean, Brian Adams had a bunch of matches with Undertaker in the nation. Uh, when Sabio Vega was wrestling against uh, Steve Austin, some of that was a part of the nation a little bit um, too. So, uh, and then you know, obviously with everybody else that was involved with it later. But so number seven, Sean O'Hare should have been an Evolution. Who wasn't Mark Jindrak was actually going to be in there and moved him out, right? So WWE considered a few different young stars for the student roles of Evolution before picking Randy Orton and Batista. There were also the times of Orton getting kicked out and Batista leaving on his own accord within about eight months. Evolution could have continued with replacement wrestlers getting a shot learning under Triple H and Ric Flair after Orton and Batista became stars. Sean O'Hare had as much potential as any young star at the time and never had a fair chance of success in the WWE Uh, main roster. That's not true. They gave him Roddy Piper. And a good storyline to run with, and they just he just couldn't get it over. <laughs> but uh, I don't think Evolution works if they would have kept on interputting people in there. It would have been a they might have could have replaced Randy Orton before Batista became a big star and got one more guy over. Like after Randy won the title and they kicked him out of the group, they could have brought somebody else in then maybe and replaced Randy. But Sean before O'Hare. that, nah, by that time I don't think he was even in WWE. I think he was gone by that time because he had that run on SmackDown with Roddy Piper about that time and it was just a shitty run. <laughs> it was bad booking and bad storyline and Roddy Piper couldn't Everybody really remembers Evolution this, but it was a really shitty time. Mark Jindrak was cool in the natural born. This doesn't Thursday. fall in my wheelhouse. <laughs> Mark Jindrak was like cool. I, like I know Evolution but here's one for your wheelhouse. Number six. Kevin Owens should have been in the Bullet Club. Fucking right. Nah. It'd been Kevin Steen. He's the a- Bullet Club expanding from New Japan to Ring of Honor led to a lot of new wrestlers joining the faction. Kevin Owens, aka Kevin Steen, was the top independent wrestler for Ring of Honor around this time before he signed with WWE. Even if the run only had lasted for a short stint, Owens would have been a perfect fit in Bullet Club. Past and future history indicated his chemistry with Bullet Club members Finn Balor, Adam Cole, and the Young Bucks. Later interviews would see the Bucks and others joking that KO was an honorary member. It's Mount Rushmore. 
I don't think so because he was like Steve Austin in the indie scene. Well, in the indie scene, he did everybody's fucking. The thing is, he could have been. That's the f- what he was famous for. Was everybody's like how KO prize fighter type shit. Too, how KO could have been fucking stunner. I'm the new leader, bitches. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know, man. He was more of a like I said, he was more of a loner. BMF don't trust nobody, motherfucker, on the indie scene really more than he was a being groups and like I don't remember Kevin the scene ever being in a group. I just remember his shtick like was a, he did everybody's finishers. For the most part. Yeah, That's I mean... because he's a disrespectful asshole. Come right. on. He's yeah. a prize fighter. Here's one that Clint's going to make question the validity of the entire list. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> Edge should have been in D-Generation X. What? WWE found huge success with D-Generation X from 97 to 99 as one of the hottest acts in the company. The group could have benefited from adding a member or two and lasted even longer when Triple H turned heel to ditch his former friends. Edge becoming a part of the main event roster in 98 saw him struggling to fit in until the brood formed months later. Things worked out well for Edge, but his humorous personality and massive potential could have fit in well with DX during the face chapter of the faction. Now, had they brought him in right off the bat as a rookie and put him in DX, yeah, but not later after Triple H left the group. But the the thing with that is, like, after you see E and C, it's like you could they totally both could have been could in have DX. Been, yeah. But the thing is, like... If they let Edge be that Edge in D-Generation X, like, it probably would outshine Triple H. And we know at that time in wrestling, nobody outshined Triple <laughs> so H. Somebody would have lost at WrestleMania and we never seen him again. Right. Or they'd have been like, we're going to jump him, kick him out of the group, and you're just not going to ever be a wrestler again. And Edge's career gets cut short, quick, and fast. <laughs> um, he would have went to a defunct WCW for a couple of years. And Sex had broadcast. he come, had he came in after Triple H they, left DX, they still haven't. They still haven't reissued that shirt. Sorry, my bad. No, you're good. You're they good. still haven't reissued that fucking rookie line shirt of Sex and Hardcastle. I've been <laughs> looking for it because as soon as it comes back out, it's mine. <laughs> I think if they had put him in there after Triple H left the group, then it definitely wouldn't have worked because it would have looked like a Triple H replacement exactly, like because Edge and Triple H were kind of long Edge hair. And Christian both would have joined then with with uh, Road Dog and Billy Gunn. Well, Billy Gunn was gone by that point. It was so just X Pac and Road Dog. It would yeah. have been the new New Age Outlaws. It would have been Edge and Christian and X Pac and Road Dog, and then I guess eventually Kane. It would have been a really strange group, wouldn't it have? No weirder than NWO two thousand three, but. I guess, kind of. Kind of, I guess. Booker T, Shawn Michaels. <laughs> you had Kevin Nash and Scott Hall Kevin in there. Nash. Ric Flair, which didn't make any sense at all. <laughs> so, number four, Jeff Jarrett should have been in the corporation. Vince McMahon finding success as a heel authority figure made the corporation the most hated WWE faction of the Attitude Era. It WWE. makes sense to me. WWE always had a strong leader behind Vince and Shane like The Rock or Triple H, but the mid-card names left a lot to be desired. Ken Shamrock, Big Boss Man, Test, and a few others didn't make the jump needed to have credible depth in the faction. Jeff Jarrett is one name that could have been a better fit as a natural heel. WWE witnessed Jarrett getting over strong as a heel during this time. The corporation could have easily made him a bigger star and potentially convinced him to stay instead of leaving for WCW. Here's the thing a lot of people don't talk about Test is when he got brought in, he was brought in as DX's bodyguard and eventual person who was supposed to become a member of the group, and he turned on him to join the corporation. <laughs> uh, so, But oh. that's kind of a neat little thing if you never watched I want to bring up the Jeff Jarrett needs to give me my fucking hat that I ordered like six weeks ago. <laughs> because when he got brought in, he was a former bodyguard for Motley Crue, right? And DX was that fucking rock and roll fucking style of life, all that DX bus and all that bullshit. So he was like their bodyguard, dude, and they were going to 
make him part of DX, and then he was like, fucking boom, join the corporation. Jeff Jarrett would have worked, but I think his attitude of He's also quitting kind all of the an t- office guy, too, so... I guess, but the kind of, I mean, quitting all the time, or fucking... He might not have if they put him in the corporation. By the time he left WWF and went to WCW, that storyline was pretty much over anyway, so I don't think that would have affected it much at all. But I just mean, in general, he I don't think he, he was trustworthy enough to run a long line. I think they could have got another run out of it, just putting the belt on him after The Rock and all that shit. I don't, Stone, Cold didn't, Stone Cold didn't the, want nothing to do with it. He him. wouldn't have been one of the people to get to hold the big gold belt when it was actually the big gold belt. Steve Austin didn't want nothing to do with him, so I, don't, I think Vince just wanted to keep him as far apart as they could, so Jeff got floundered around with China and... Yeah, I see title. Good house, ma- good housekeeping matches and shit. Good housekeeping matches. Number three, Brian Pillman should have been in the Dangerous Alliance. Pro- probably. I mean, they killed that Hollywood Blondes angle, though, yeah? WCW giving Paul Heyman his first taste of main event success as a manager helped form a legendary career. The Dangerous Alliance featured a list of future Hall of Famers like Rick Rude, Arn Anderson, Steve Austin, and Medusa. One name that could have provided another young, younger budding star was Brian Pillman. The greatest years of Pillman's career showed him thriving as a heel. WCW even found success by eventually pairing together Pillman and Austin as the Hollywood Blondes. Heyman managing them together in this dangerous alliance would have kickstarted his future faster. There's too many promoters that fucked Brian Pillman over. The only problem with Brian <laughs> Pillman was he was that loose cannon gimmick his whole career. <laughs> and like... He didn't need anybody to talk for him to get him over. Well, the thing of. is, too, every time he started a green traction, they changed bookers and promoters with WCW, and he had to start over again. I don't think it was. I think it was. I think he was his own worst enemy a lot too. To where he would like he lived the character and would do ignorant shit, and then they'd be like, "Well, we're gonna change it and do this now because he's doing this weird shit." And then it kind of like I'm saying, he had to start over. <laughs> right, but I don't think it was the bookers necessarily. I think it was more Brian. I respect you, Booker man. <laughs> right. <laughs> Well, he just left in the middle of a match. I don't know how... I decided uh, to write that in. It's good TV. <laughs> what? You can't do that. He did try to piss in the middle of the ECW ring. He got fucking... Uh, I remember that. He got... Uh, what's his name to say fuck on live TV? Didn't he, like get, he got bet that he wouldn't pull his dick out on live TV or something yeah. and come out and piss in the ring? <laughs> he tried to. Heyman stopped him. Oh, He's going to do it on ECW. Yeah. And he even said, I'm going to piss right in this ring. <laughs> with his leg all casted up and shit. From wrecking his great. fucking Hummer. Crazy on pills. So I don't know how this next one got uh, this far up on this list. It does make a lot of sense, but uh, it's number two on this list. As Gail Kim should have been in the main event mafia. Did they have a female in the main event mafia? Charmel. Yeah. <laughs> TNA witnessed the main event mafia becoming the greatest faction in company history. The concept of all future world champions so made perfect you, sense with Kurt Angle, Kevin Nash, Sting, Booker T, and Scott would have the greatest chemistry. You would have the greatest female wrestler in Impact history in that faction, which would have, yeah, that would have made sense. I mean, Charmel <laughs> was obviously there by blood, but there was a yeah, few Booker. attempts to add a female <laughs> presence to the group with Charmel and Tracy Brooks. However, neither which of them Tracy fit Brooks the mold. is Frankie Kazarian's wife. Oh yeah. Hmm. Yep. Which Frankie's the next one. Tracy to... Brooks was like one of the very first knockouts ever, dude. From back in the Asylum days. Wasn't she uh, with uh, those Italian dudes for or the Jersey Shore ripoff guys for a while? No, no. Uh, or she, no, that was Brooke Tess She Mocker. was the one that was always uh, in the back of the truck with Dusty Rhodes. Uh, she had the glasses on all the time? And the clipboard sitting yeah. next to Dusty Rhodes whenever he was president of TNA. The director of authority. Mm, that's, that's who she was. <laughs> Which Kazarian should be the next one to get a TNT title shot. I think she was also a former mm. Playboy model. 
Tussmacher or Brooks? Brooks, before she became a wrestler at all, before TNA. Maybe maybe after, I'm not sure. But I'm pretty sure she's in Playboy as well. I know, so Val did porn. <laughs> all right, what's number one? Number one, I don't really agree with, and and it's also number one, but Chris Jericho should have been in The Four Horsemen. No. WCW once considered a Brian Pillman pitch to form a younger version of the four horsemen with names like Chris Benoit and Chris Jericho considered. Pillman and Benoit eventually joined the established horsemen led by Ric Flair, but Jericho never had a role in the group. The great in-ring work and long-term potential of Jericho could have been seen as a better member than Jeff Jarrett or Steve Mondo McMichael. Jericho had the old school wrestling souls, a world traveler before getting to WCW and even found a bond with Flair later in his career. The Horseman was already over by that point, so no. Yeah, that, that was the best version of the Horseman, is Dean Malenko and Chris Benoit. Yeah, in 2009, she... Uh, in, <laughs> what? In, in, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I would have liked that. The best version is still yeah. Tully, Arn, Ole, and Rick. Jericho's whole character at that time wouldn't have yeah, fit. Yeah, but it was a fucking faction for like the next 15 years. That should have ended. <laughs> Jericho's whole character character at that time wouldn't have fit any group at all yeah no unless not, he had not. like a jericho appreciation society around him at yeah, that no, time he just came out talking shit like he's jericho anyways really he had i'm saying they like, could have made him jj Dillon. he wouldn't have been able to be in the four horsemen because he would have been smacking arn and calling him stupid all the time or like making arn and out into his ralphus you know what i mean it would have right. been become a comedy shtick and it wouldn't have been i don't know i just jericho wouldn't have fit in any group back then not with his character he was too much of a good standalone. You wouldn't want him in a group. Everybody in the group maybe, would have. Maybe pre that when he was like the white meat baby face before they started. He either would have A, outshined everybody in that version of the Four Horsemen because you had Dean Malenko, no fucking personality at all, but could wrestle like a crazy man. It was kind of before that. This is when there was Jeff Jarrett and uh, Kurt Hennig and uh, Mongo McMichael. We're not, even gonna, we're not even calling that the Four Horsemen. Dude, it ran for like 15 years. That's all I'm saying. That's the that version of the group didn't run for 15 years. No, that was like, a, like six months. Right. And maybe they were we, all Because we still time. argue about this too, because technically Sting's a horseman and Luger's a horseman. So is uh, Barry Windham. Like, there's only one group of the four horsemen, and that's the four and horsemen. That's Dean Malenko, Chris Benoit, Mondo McMichael, and Ric Flair. I don't know. I always liked. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to throw my hat at you. I liked Arn and Pillman and Flair. I had a Mondo McMichael action figure, is all I'm saying. Which hopefully. <laughs> I liked Mongo. He ain't doing it too well. I didn't have a Tully or, or Ollie. I, I liked Mongo and Pillman and Flair and Arn. I thought that was a good good four horsemen group together. They just didn't give them a good storyline to work with, when, except when Arn fucking bitch slapped Pillman. Weren't they, fighting, uh, weren't they fighting the fucking Dangerous Alliance and shit? Yeah, mm-hmm. and then they had their inner thing where. You know, Arn Anderson was fucking trying to tell Pillman he talks too much and shit and slapped him and all that. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man, fucking, uh, if you could, if, if they would let Ric Flair do it, they could do Four Horsemen right now and have him pick, you know what I mean? He would be J.J. Dillon. Right. They'd have to have Randy Orton in the group, right? As the leader. I, he, ain't going back, he ain't going back to WWE. Depends. If you let Ric Flair pick the Four Horsemen and what company you're picking them in, then I guess I would imagine he would probably be, Randy would probably be one of his first picks. But then again, Ric Flair's a crazy person. He might want four young motherfuckers from NXT to this put is, in the Four this, this is what we do next week. Next week's show. The four Horsemen of the you build You build your new Four Horsemen with current wrestlers. Ric Flair's the manager. So that's that's the plan. It's fucking was called the Pinnacle, and it was on TV for a year. 
<laughs> so yeah, I'm pretty sure, sure all three of us are putting FTR so, in the group. <laughs> on July 26, 2009, it was revealed that TNA had signed a deal with Playboy, making Miss Brooks the first TNA knockout to ever pose for Playboy on September 2nd. But later on, Playboy had decided to not publish the photos in the magazine. The photo shoot was instead released through the Cyber Club, Playboy Cyber Club, instead of actually in the magazine. Is that when Playboy went PG for a couple of years? I think so. I think it hit it right at that time whenever they're like, oh, we're doing everything in bathing suits, but if you want to see them titties, pay a buck 99 online. (laughs) A lot of people did, though. $1.99 is worth them titties. No. All right. Clint, what's your four jobbers? Oh, well, fuck, I, put, I didn't know we were doing that shit at this point. Well, I don't got no four jobbers. I know, you guys said you weren't participating. Me and, you, me and you will just go back and forth. Oh, you okay. do two, I'll do two. All right, well, I mean, well, he already said one earlier, and I'd say it's the probably the, the the biggest, even though you say a jobber shouldn't be known, but the motherfuckers are known for losing, and that is the Brooklyn Brawler, a.k.a. Steve Lombardi, who... That's the only one I know. He, he lost his whole entire career until uh, 2001, two th- early, mid-2000, 2001. When did he start winning then? He won a, uh, I think he won three or four matches, but he uh, won a roll-up, he won with a roll-up on Monday Night Raw against Triple H. <laughs> nice. Uh, Best part of his career is when he be said he's throwing down the Brooklyn Brawler and becoming the Boston Brawler. Uh, he, yeah, that off. shit. <laughs> you, want, you want to alternate? Yeah, you can go now if you want to. You want to go? You want me to go? He's... <coughs> I don't know anybody else, to be honest with you. I'm going to go SD Jones. SD Ooh. Jones lost in nine seconds. Lost in nine, in yeah, nine seconds King at Kong, WrestleMania. King, yeah, King Kong, Kong Bundy. Bundy. Also, um, they say he's credited as, what did he say on the radio the other day? Um, um, he like In the early days of like the it's, WWF, it's not, he was it's known. Not the, it's not the quickest loss, though. Quickest loss is like 3.67 seconds that Leah beat Natalia. Like in Vince's early WWF days, he was like one of the dudes that they put up against like all like Hogan and all them just to lose to him like in huge squash matches and like help him get over. Like they say like he's one of the cats that's, that's credited in that's, Vince McMahon's early. That's still built in my mind watching fucking King Kong Bundy literally just crush him and it's one, <laughs> two, three. Um, are you going to try to go, Dick? Or Man, he's, in, he's a Hall of Famer too. S.T. Jones is. No, we'll, we'll, we'll Me and you. All right. My next one is uh, going to be Pablo Marquez. And he was a dude who was an ECW. Watch ECW highlight reels. Um, a lot of the highlight reels are like of RVD and Sabu. There's a little Mexican dude who they're just fucking murderizing. Um, that was who this guy was. And he was known throughout ECW and like the, the indies and all that of like he, I don't believe he's ever won a match at all in his whole entire career. Um like he would just basically take giant table bumps. He would come out and they would just fucking murder him in the ring, basically. Kind of like uh, they used to do with Whippy Whip, Mikey Whipwreck. Yeah, too. but they let Mikey Whipwreck like one. Well, yeah, the title. he's the world title. Uh, this motherfucker just got the shit kicked out of him. But if you go watch, go back and watch a lot of ECW highlight reels with like Rob Van Dam or Sabu putting people through tables, real savage. This dude's one of them. His name's Pablo Marquez. But yeah, it's he never made it. I don't believe any farther than ECW as far as you know that goes but he's super known for back in the day for being like the one of the dudes that's lost like just notoriously his whole entire fucking career <laughs> and like violently in ECW by the way SD Tra- Jones was cha- uh, trained by Johnny Rods thanks for taking my next one <laughs> I was gonna say Johnny Rods 
Uh, I mean, Johnny Rods is also, you know, uh, let's see, what's this list say? Johnny Rods lost to people like Jimmy Snuka, Sergeant Slaughter, and Mr. Perfect to help push them uh, to newer heights in their career. And uh, uh, he once received a heavyweight title shot against Hulk Hogan. He's in the WWE Hall of Fame, too, 96. Johnny, of course, didn't win that match. Well, of course. <laughs> uh, my my next one's going to be the Italian Stallion, who was not an Italian guy at all. Uh, but, like, just WCW, WWE, he worked just about everywhere you could think of and lost just about everywhere you could think of. But his biggest credit to the world of wrestling to this day is that he's the one who got the Hardy Boys in the door in WWE. He got them their start in the WWE. So thank you, Italian Stallion, for not being What's Italian. What's his real name? Uh, sh- it just says Italian Stallion, uh, but I couldn't tell you. Sabah. Could not tell you. He don't look. He looks like he could be an Italian guy, but he could just have a really good tan at the same time. Well, figuring what Chief J. Strombone was a fucking Italian and... He played an Indian. <laughs> uh, he lost to people like Shawn Michaels, Bam Bam Bigelow, Stone Cold Steve Austin, or Stunning Steve Austin, my bad, not Stone Cold Steve Austin. So he's been around, took his licks, helped guys get to that next level. His only accomplishment on uh, Wikipedia is in 1994, PWI ranked him 213 of the 500 best singles wrestlers. <laughs> it's his only championship. His Wikipedia page is like a paragraph long. The Italian Stallion. All right, I'm going to go Santino Morello. He, he's a jobber. <sighs> he's a comedy act. He he, he was uh, in the fucking Royal Rumble for a second. He won a lot of matches to be called he, to, he's still, the jobber territory, see, I think. He's like a doink the clown type of guy. There's a difference, too, between a jobber look, and a journeyman, too, because I think you, you guys at, are just if you look talking about journeyman's not what he is. If you look up a lot of the jobbers, if you look up a lot of the jobber top jobbers of all time santino's on all those lists i don't know about that we're gonna have to google that after the show and see if he's on any his cobra was unstoppable i don't know about that one <laughs> that's questionable from where i cobra he he you was ain't coming back from that he was doing the, doing the clown gimmicky level for me and won a fuck shitload of matches to be known as a dude who loses matches all the time i don't know he was IC champion too, right? Yeah, he wasn't known for losing like that. I think he was might have been hardcore champion when they still had it. Even I don't care what Dave. I think he was. Say about, about. I think he was tag team champion. <laughs> I think he was tag team champion as well. Uh, I mean, I get it, but like, I don't. I don't think that I can put him with. I mean, I, if that's what you want on your Mount Rushmore, that's cool. Oh, we're doing Mount Rushmore. So <laughs> I thought that's it. what it was. Top yeah. four, right? <laughs> we're saying? just naming shit back and the forth. <laughs> top, top four jobbers of all time. That's what I was doing. I was just like, okay, he wants to go, so I'm going. <laughs> Last one that can't take one's got to take a drink. <laughs> uh, my next one's going to be one I said earlier, and that was uh, the 70 year old Mike Jackson, who is like. A current TNA Impact wrestler or, or Impact wrestler, Mike Jackson. Uh, he spent in the '70s and '80s taking on Hall of Famers like Magnum TA, Ric Flair, Jake the Snake Roberts, Bob Backlund. Uh, he went toe to toe with each and every one of them, but never really won any matches. Um, but you know, helped get a lot of them guys over, and you know, I guess in whatever territory he was working in at the time, he helped fucking put on some great matches with them, but. I guess he's currently at 70 him. years old working in Impact Wrestling. He doesn't even have a Wikipedia page. That's funny. Mike Jackson? Action Mike Jackson. There you dog. go. Okay, okay. <laughs> According to his Facebook page. 
Give me a second. You're good. <laughs> well, no, I'm trying to find the list that I saw Santino on. I got my last one on here, but there's, I mean, there's quite a few other ones that are like bigger than this one, but this one's probably my favorite. Uh, my next one, anyway. I'm going to go Dwayne Gill. Uh, yeah, well, that was my next one. Gilbert. So. Gilbert. I'll, I'll pick someone else. <laughs> He's a jobber. I mean, yes, but also one of the, they say one of the best wrestlers in the entire world at the time. Uh, but just he could take anything and get and put on a good showing as well. But at the same time, he wasn't the dude who you're gonna have him win every fucking match. Like he didn't have the look of a guy who wins matches. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? Um, let's see. Uh, he was he. Honest to God, at one point in time when they had the when half of, half of these lists that I look at too also has Lanny Poffo on it. Well, well sometimes I think that jo- jobbers like. A jobber's reward for a lifelong career of putting everybody over is to have a comedy gimmick at the end. So when they did the Goldberg thing, uh, Goldberg was WCW World Heavyweight Champion. And (laughs) they had to have him have a belt to come out to. So they de facto stripped. um, Never. All right. I didn't pay any attention to that list earlier. It's the top 10 jobbers that went on to actually have decent careers and santino's on it yeah um what like they they de facto like took the belt away from takamichinoku because he never defended it and then said he was too heavy for the weight class and then like just gave gilberg the belt so i'll pick i'll pick another one besides santino (laughs) (laughs) and uh basically he became the light heavyweight champion after that so but then like the gilberg character like died out like because it was boring kind of or whatever it was funny for a minute then e it's over with so they just let him take the light heavyweight title and go home. And he held the light heavyweight title all the way up until they did the invasion angle. <laughs> and he came in and he lost it to, I believe, X-Pac in like maybe fucking 10 seconds. If it wasn't X-Pac, it might have been Billy Kidman <coughs> or somebody. And then they were the light heavyweight slash cruiserweight champion. And then that's how they brought it back to WWE again and shit. Wasn't uh, Goldberg like actually super pissed at him? Yeah, he hated him. He <laughs> wanted to beat his ass in real life when he seen him and shit. And it's like, I mean, guy had to get paid to get over, right? You know what I mean? But he would come out and they would have sparklers go off instead of pyro, and he'd be like fucking He's sparklers are burning his legs and shit. Yeah, uh, Dwayne Gill was a good one. That's a good pick. Um, so I'm gonna have to pick a different one now that he picked Dwayne Gill. That was obviously my favorite one. And I'll pick the dude who I said earlier, and I would say Barry Horowitz should be on everybody's list as far as top four jobbers jobbers? in the world go. Um, The list that I looked on when I was looking at jobbers, um, in case I just needed something to... He was the number one on the list. Um, So he, for... At his time, like, the biggest thing that he ever did was he had a singles feud with Body Donna member Skip, which was Chris Candido. And they had a he had a singles match with him on SummerSlam, uh, and I guess that was like the biggest thing he did. And I guess WWE at the time. Uh, but which, he also which, obviously we seen him job out in a match earlier. Uh, he lost to guys like Owen talking, Hart, Bret ta- Hart. You have to be talking about Barry Horowitz. Yeah, he lost to guys like Owen, Bret, The Undertaker, Shawn Michaels, Triple H, Mankind, and Kevin Nash. Uh, basically, he would get in there and they would just fucking knock him around a bit. He'd get a little bit of offense in, of course. You know, gotta get your shit. But he's on, like, I looked at, like, four or five lists, and he was pretty well the number one Jay Brown on every single one of those lists right, I'll cha- or I'll, in the top four. I'll change I'll change my uh, Santino to even more current for WWE. I'm going with Kurt Hawkins. 
He was just on a losing streak for motherfucking ever. Yeah, that's And then he true. came back and it was still terrible. Even though it was kind of storyline for him to lose both times. But yeah, he's a decent wrestler, they too. They kind of ran off of it. But, and yeah, it's another guy who's a really good wrestler, good at, you know, making other guys look good and just known for losing matches all the time. Even now that he's an impact, he's the most professional wrestler and he cheats to win every fucking match. And, and not saying it from a bad standpoint, because you're going to ha- I mean... There has to be them guys out there that are just there to make monsters look good and fucking other guys look great. I mean, not everyone's going to be Henning. the top of the <laughs> list. See, I can't say that either because he had a decent little singles run and he had a tag team title run. When did run he too. have a single? He was a United States title holder or an IC title holder, I believe. Both, I think he held both of them titles. Yeah, I think he had the IC title. When he was with Paul Heyman, he had a yeah. run, I think, as IC champion. But it was never over, I don't think. <laughs> but still, he held, he held it for more than a month. Uh, I'd say at the end of his career, yeah. See, that's <laughs> it. that was his comedy gimmick. Fucking, that was his comedy gimmick reward for all that bullshit before. Um, and then you know, current day jobbers, obviously, fucking. There's a lot. What of was his there. actual name in WWE? Because it wasn't Joe Henning, was it? Michael McGillicuddy. Michael McGillicuddy and Curtis Axel. That's it, Curtis Axel. I liked Curtis Axel more than McGillicuddy. That shit. <laughs> I seen. I was like, "What? He looks too much like a like McGillicuddy's Doctor McGillicuddy." No, no, not to do with it. He just the whole, time, the whole time I'm sitting here going, "I know who the fuck he is," but I know like what the fuck was his name? <laughs> do you think you got to pick that name out himself, or <laughs> I can't have you be Hennig? Would you rather be McGillicuddy? Yeah, my dad used to like to drink that. Curtis Axel was Aww. a stupid name for him though, too. Like, oh, they combined both. He was yeah. Rocky Maivia. What was shit? Rocky old... Maivia was shit terrible the first time he, too. Didn't get over. He was a one time. Intercontinental champion, two-time tag team champions, one with, well, yeah. Were they going to hope that fucking people started fucking chanting like, die, Curdy, die or something? They should just let him come out and cut that promo. I'm done with this fucking gimmick shit. I'm Joe Hennig. One time with Dave Otunga and the other one with Bo Dallas. They should have had him cut that promo and then he could have suplexed Corey Groves. Pro Pro Wrestling Illustrated, he was the 2008 Rookie of the Year. Fisherman Suplex, Corey Graves. He had a great, on his independent, right before he came to WWF. Most hated wrestler of 2010. FCW champion, Feud feud of the Year, 2010 with Nexus. Was he Nexus first WWE? He was not NXT, wasn't he? Yeah. Dude, he had a good upstart. It just, they didn't. Joe Hennig will hold hold him back. What? One time FCW, Florida heavyweight champion. Four time tag team champs. Uh, this says Brett Tiviasi. That's Ted yeah. Jr.'s fucking brother too. He was in wrestlers in Florida Championship. One time, one time tag champ in FCW with uh, that shit wasn't even on TV. He, he Slater. I was in a fucking gym in fucking Tampa. Like it was, it was like real shit building. <laughs> Ten people in the audience. Yeah, that's what they need to start it at. That's where the NXT guys need to be starting at. <laughs> that's what I've been saying this whole time. <laughs> one of his, one of them, Caval, which is Loki. Yeah. I mean, this new crop of NXT guys. And then the, the last other guy is Gabe Tuft. Is what? Gabe Tuft. You know, when he was looking at that Truth Commission shirt earlier, you he, wrestled, he wrestled under the WWE ring name Tyler Reeks. Tyler Rex. Oh, Tyler Rex. When you was looking at when you went outside earlier, and we was looking at that. Truth Commission shit. Bull Buchanan was in the Truth Commission. Oh, yeah. I didn't know he wrestled back that far in WWE. <laughs> F. Whatever. All right, next week, bring your four horsemen I got up two, today. two of them in the ring right now. Ma- <laughs> Marsha Thrasher. Thrasher fucking <laughs> I said up today. They were just in, what, 2020? Yeah, fucking Chaz yeah, was just at a WrestleCon the other day. 
The one, the one's got the whole fucking Jackson thing going on. No, I think the Jackson's got the whole their thing going on. Real no. wear dresses. Yeah. All right. If you guys uh, they used to spit and catch it in their own mouths. Thanks. <laughs> thanks for listening. If you listen to the buffers, you know where to find us. We know hot spots this week. No, fuck them. We oh, went too gosh. long. All right. Or Brinska's forgetting shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What's the high take? Mine's. Bo- Fucking Blackpool Combat Club. You say it three times fast yet? Blackpool Combat Club. Black, Blackpool Combat Club. <laughs> Blackpool Combat Club. <laughs> uh, mine's got to be Dax winning that singles match. Pow, pow. Getting in the own that heart cup. Had me fucking pumped. I've been saying it for a couple weeks. I hope you can get a singles run. Here we are. That's like their secret. Tony's listening to us. We're, he <laughs> thinks bots. Right. He thinks Reporting he's out there. Back. Right. He thinks they're all fucking bots or whatever, and he's out there listening to Maybe that's why his eyes are so wide because he's taking in so much wrestling information all at once that his brain can't handle it. No, that's Adderall and cocaine. Maybe he's like mastermind or some shit and his head's going to just get giant with a fucking big brain. <laughs> brain. <laughs> I'm the brainiac of professional wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> or um, like Riddler on fucking Batman. Hook him up there. <laughs> he's going to be, da- be dancing around in a crazy home going, I know who the Batman is by the time it's all said and done. Everything's like shit, Tony. Started with football and now we've heard No offenses, secrets. <laughs> Turn me down, would you, Vince? <laughs> that would be fucking hilarious, dude. Vince lapped all the way back to the bank. Oh, man. And then Vince buys the insane asylum. Poor Tony. My highest part of the week was just a fucking match announcement that next week we get <laughs> next week we get Donna Perrazzo and AEW. <sighs> uh, her and her big butter showing up to AEW, huh? I likes it. <laughs> Me too. So all right. I think I tried it into the show once already. So <laughs> if uh you're a fan of the show, you listen to the buffers, you know where to find us, Facebook, other social media platforms. Don't want to mention the Twitter. Clint don't like it. I don't like it. But I'm still gonna mention it. Do you know what time it is though? What? Spader. Time. <coughs> ah! You, you want to get on the Twitter now? No. Elon Musk bought it. <coughs> For $44 billion, That's dumb. You could fucking pay fucking people fucking that's a, a year's salary instead of fucking putting that. They could have <coughs> just shut that shit down. And then they could have gave $44 billion to the American people to fucking feed their families for one night of the week. I'm pretty sure he that would, He could have bought Mickey D's for everybody, everybody in the United States of America with that $44 He could billion. have bought Mickey D's. So that. what is he going to do with the other $43 billion? It don't matter. That motherfucker's <laughs> got government contracts. He ain't never run out of money unless they decide to snipe his ass. Well, no, that's what I'm saying. You just said He's buy, good for life. You said buy dinner for like every American from yeah. Mickey D's. So what is he going to do with the other $43 billion? <laughs> Keep it for himself. I'm just saying. He could have gave back instead of fucking... He is giving back. He ain't giving back. He bought Twitter. That's a fucking worthless piece of shit. <laughs> that Bad investment, it's, Elon. It's a platform that shouldn't be. And if he was smart, he'd just shut the shit down and waste his $44 billion. Dude, I love Twitter. <laughs> I love watching people bitch at each other. Uh, people threaten violence on there all the time. It's a sad fucking place to be. It's a sad place for the world to be at. It's pathetic and sick. All right, we'll see all you guys next week. <laughs> you nasty. It's true, bro. 